Good morning. It is Danger Dan here in the talk shop recording this remotely down. I guess I'm a block off Bourbon Street fixing to pop into CC's Coffee House here in New Orleans. Uh, after I stopped by the Bleeding Cowboy and talked to Arnie Wells, if you have not listened to last week's podcast, definitely scroll back and listen to it. We talk about today's guest, Greg, the owner of Grand Teton Harley Davidson. Uh, a couple, fuck, it's been a couple months. His guy, Zach, who's in charge of uh, the multimedia that he puts out through social media, hit me up. was like, hey, dude, we're starting a YouTube channel and we want to highlight people in and around the community um, where as it relates to the Pan America. And you happen to have a Pan America that looks fucking rad and you're killing it. Okay, he didn't, probably didn't say that, but he was like, we want to talk to you and get some feedback, you know, some real world feedback. And I was like, that's interesting. I like it. Um, but I was like, how about I just come to the Tetons and you guys give me a ride through your backyard. And he was like, really stoked on that idea. And so was I. So we worked out this time after Sturgis. So I, I swung by Greg took us out to dinner, dude, fed us some good food. Uh, Took me into the Harley dealership, like service my bike. I'd already, you know, after going through that fucking boulder field and the the log jam road is what I've been calling it. Uh, I talked to Tim from Gigastat yesterday. He said that that's called corduroy. Anyways, my bike needed some, uh, it needed some loving. So they brought it in. They gave it an oil change. They like fixed some bolts that were all bent off my skid plate and, uh, you know, got me road ready, really, like, it was awesome, it was like, immediately, we didn't even really miss much time riding that morning, and they had a plan to go see some rad shit, and then I threw a wrench in it so that I could record another podcast down in Salt Lake, so we adjusted, and dude, it ended up being awesome as fuck, dude, we rode through the, the Tetons, man, it really was rad. We set up camp, recorded this podcast by campfire, uh, except for the fire wasn't lit. It was just a, it was sweet. We ended up seeing moose the next day. We did some river crossings. I got them to just follow me down some like unknown roads and they ended up being really fucking sick. So while we were doing all this, Zach and Blaine, um, were recording it with the fucking video cameras and had GoPro set up. So anyways, they put together a video. It is being released this morning as well. So there will be a link in the show notes and you can go watch what we did. They took all the clippets that we talked about the Pan America during this podcast and put them to video. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm stoked to see it. So Go check that out while you're listening. Pause and go listen, watch. I don't know. Do whatever you want. Listen to the podcast first. It's got a little bit more audio content. Uh, the video obviously has some added video content. So I want to thank you guys for having me out. Greg, Zach, Blaine, you guys treated me great. And uh, if you're in and around the Idaho area, Utah, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, whatever. If you're in that area, fuck, if you're anywhere, go check out Greg. He's got some other rad shit going on. He's got a place called Salted Gears down in Utah where he uh, 
He's got a shop that specializes in off-road vehicles. There, there was so much more that we could have talked about, but I think we spent about two hours, you know, bullshitting, and I really enjoyed it. Greg gets it. It's cool to see somebody like him, you know, really supporting this move by the Motor Co. So, thank you, Greg. Let's get into it. That was Thou Shall Not Hassle by Extermination Day. Thank you, Zach, from Heavy Clothing. Check out Zach at heavy.bigcartel.com. Fuck, I had some show dates. Now my truck light just went dim. Bear with me as I figure this out. Dude, first and foremost, this show is brought to you by mcshoptees.com. Your T-shirt of the month club. The only way to support every local motorcycle shop. And boy, do I got some rad designs in the works. I stopped by the T-shirt printing shop yesterday. Dude, check them out. They're rolling right along. They're expanding. Um, They were printing this month's T-shirts. And those should be out by Friday. All shipped. And it's a fucking rad shirt, dude. We got another wizard on a chopper. It's fucking sick. Uh, I would tell you more about it, but it's a fucking surprise. So you got to wait till it shows up. That's one of the greatest things about this is you really don't know what you're getting each month. You get to pick the size and the shirt style, and then bam, it's a surprise. It's Christmas, 12 months every fucking year. So go to MC Shop Tees and sign up now. You can sign up monthly or you can buy monthly packages. Christmas is right around the corner. This is a great gift idea. Maybe you got too many fucking t-shirts and you don't know how to get rid of shit, dude, and you're a hoarder, but you know somebody else that could use some t-shirts and you're not going to come off of any of your badass t-shirts. Sign them up at mcshoptees.com. Maybe your kid, dude, you're buying t-shirts. That motherfucker keeps growing, right? So you got to buy them t-shirts all the time. Why not how about just have them show up every month? You can change the size as he grows on the internet and bam, they just show up at your door and they're fucking badass. And most of the time, like 99% of the time, there's nothing too vulgar on them. So check it out, mcshoptees.com, dude. Uh, we got some dates coming up. So the Junction City Chopper Show, Ogden's first vintage chopper show, is this... What is it, Saturday or Sunday? Whatever day the September 18th it is. So check them out on the gram at Junction City Chopper Show. September 24th through the 26th is the Nitty Gritty Chopper City. That is at the fucking Backwood Saloon. I'm going to go see Eric on my way back from New Orleans. Drop off some motors and trannies with him because, well, Eric loves him a tranny. Uh, FTW. Knives Made by Nick will be playing music at the fucking nitty-gritty Chopper City. 
as well as the outbound train, me old Al and Doghouse. Dude, I talked to Doghouse this week. He's been working on his fucking mini bike, put a stage one kit on it so that he can bring in something fucking hot the next weekend at the Yellow Rose Canyon for Southern Throwdown. That is October 2nd and 3rd. And fuck, that's going to be a good one. They just announced that Extreme Flat Track is starting a winter series. And they start cutting a track at the Yellow Rose Canyon on Monday. They're going to have dirt drags. That's right, chopper fucking dirt drags at Yellow Rose Canyon for the Southern Throwdown. Don't fuck around. Come out camping. Dude, there's going to be live music, The Last Knife Fighter, The Outbound Train. It's going to be a fucking party. Damn, I'm excited about that one. October 8th and 9th, you got Virginia City, Chopper City, thanks to Chopper's Magazine. And, dude, they've been announcing a bunch of rad people are fucking bringing their rad choppers out. So... Make sure you're in Virginia City, October 8th and 9th. And speaking of Chopper's Magazine, make sure you get his newest issue because there's a a great article about our Mexico trip written by none other than Danger Dan, my first published writing. And, uh, dude, that's weird. It was weird. I read the first paragraph and just started laughing. I was like, I can't believe that I wrote that, much less it got put in anything. So I appreciate everybody who's reached out and enjoyed reading it. Uh, I'm working on the next one already. I might be parked in this big truck's space. I can't tell. Uh, I'm fixing to find out, though. He just stopped right next to me. Uh, we got some other rad shit. October 16th is Rat Rodtober at Tufts Brewery in McKinney, Texas. Let's see. Oh, it's just a trash truck. We're good. And then you got November 11th, Fuel Cleveland in Cleveland, Ohio, presented to you by the Gas Box, Forever the Chaos Life, and Lowbrow Customs. Speaking of Lowbrow Customs, I got a $100 gift card to give away this month and every month, thanks to Lowbrow Motherfucking Customs. Oh man, dude, somebody, I was talking to somebody, oh yeah, Loaf from Sanctuary Cycles, and he was asking me about the Bates Ballhoff tire, like what I really thought about. He's like, you put some miles on it. What do you think? And I'm like, dude, it's fucking badass, you know? And it's, fuck, you're not going to get 10,000 miles out of the rear tire. But I told him, I'm like, you can get every bit of five. And the coolest part about it is the reaction for my friends that have gotten it. You know, like Kickstart Mike, especially, he called me up one day. He was like, dude, man, that tire looked good on your bike. But it looks really good on my bike. And I thought that that was awesome. <clears throat> he was stoked. So check out Lowbrow Customs. That's not the only thing they got. They got a bunch of badass shit. I've got a frisco sporty tank in here that I'll be swinging by. Actually, I'm going to go by Yellow Rose Canyon. And Scott. Wait, who's Scott? Randy. Chemical Candy Randy has a new place in Henderson. I'm going to go check it out drop this tank off and remind him that he's got to paint fucking flames on it so we can give that motherfucker away. So that's what else they got. You can go to DangerDanceTalkShop.com. There is a menu and then a Patreon support link. Go to the Patreon support link 
and sign up there, right? You can donate $5 a month and every $5 you donate, so you can donate as much as you want, but for every $5, your name gets put in a bucket and you get entered in a chance to win a $100 gift card every month from Lowbrow Customs. You'll get entered to win this Chemical Candy Customs flame painted tank. And let me tell you what, the reason that I look so cool on the internet, well, I might be tooting my own horn, but I try to look cool on the internet by getting flames painted on everything I own. And the only guy I'll go to for that is Chemical Randy. So it's pretty rad that I'm going to be able to give that away to somebody else. Give somebody else a chance to fucking look cool on the internet. Oh God, I can't. I've, that makes me want to record this whole thing over again just from saying that. Uh, but for real, dude, I think his shit is badass, dude. So that's that. So the, the other thing I'm doing this morning is I'm going by B&B Racing here in Metairie, Louisiana, and picking up a shovel head motor that I will be giving away as well. And the only way that you can be entered to win is by being signed up to Patreon. DangerDanceTalkShop.com. Click on the Patreon support. B&B, they're fucking bad motherfuckers. I've also got my shovel head. He said if I'm here early, then you know what? There's a chance we can break that motherfucker down, fix it, and I could take it home tonight. Get the fuck out of here. Now, that's special treatment. Don't fucking expect that kind of treatment when you go there, but it's fucking badass. Taking home a motor. I honestly don't know how I'm going to make all this fit because my back seat is filled with shit already. Fuck, I don't know. Anyhow, check out the link in the show notes to see the video of what we talk about during this podcast. Um, Check out Idaho Falls, Harley Davidson, and Grand Teton Harley Davidson, whatever the fuck they call it. Greg, thank you, sir. Zach Blaine, it was a pleasure working with you boys. Here we go. Breathe heavier. <laughs> okay, good. So is it Bruce or Greg? Go by Greg. I'm a junior. You're a junior? Yeah, so Bruce Gregory. My dad was Bruce, so. I'm, uh, I'm not a junior, but my dad's first name was Mark. Mark James, he goes by Jim. I'm Mark Daniel. I go by Dan. There you go. It's good. It's handy when you get those fucking insurance phone calls and they're like, "Is Mark Hardick there?" I'm like, "No." Like, <laughs> obviously, you're saying Mark. I don't know. Do you or do, nor do I need to talk to you. Right. So, thanks for having me out. Yeah. Thanks Today for was coming, fun, man. It was fun. Yeah, like I was telling you. We didn't necessarily do Danger Dan. Like. Oh, well, it's probably good <laughs> for all trails, of us. Dangerous trails, probably but, better. But all our limbs are intact, yeah. no broken bones. We got camp set up before the sun went down. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, not every day can be like that. Thank God. Yeah. Literally, 
that <clears throat> that last day when I went to Chalice and just randomly crossed that forest and boulders, sticks, all the shit. I didn't want to go. I didn't even want to go on gravel after that. Yeah. I was like, give me the pavement. Like I'm I'm done with gravel for a couple <laughs> days. Like gravel just means I'm headed in the wrong direction. Right. Uh but you know, taking a random trail, you know, like there's no road reports, you know, like nothing current. Uh I was taking chances. Yeah, and for sure. What was amazing is that me and the bike both made it through. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, seeing you uh, in that area with the timbers and everything, I mean, that looks he, impassable. Here's and the there, deal. There you are, like, yeah. taking that thing through there. I, I went over it. What, well, see, what you didn't see was what I went through before that. And I'm sure somebody else did the same thing as me, is they got over the mountain, and they got to this section, and they were like, <clears throat> I would rather build a road out of trees than go back the way I came. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, they got there first because that's where I was at. Yeah. If if there would have been something impassable, I'd have pulled out my machete and I'd have tried to build a road. But if you got off those logs, I mean, if you went down off those logs, you could have gotten impaled or something. Oh, I mean, it, was, it was sketchy. That was not what I dealt with before that. There was like <laughs> boulders. That still wasn't that bad. Like I almost bounced off cliffs. Yeah. Uh, and you were in Chalice for a concert, right? Yeah, I went and saw my buddies, Mike and the Moon Pies, a guy named uh, Zach I had on the show oh, about a month ago. Yeah. He plays steel form, self-taught st pedal steel player. Yeah. Dude, he killed it. It was my, actually my first time to see them in concert, and it was great. They just released a new album, and, uh, dude, I was stoked. The, the, the venue was great in Chalice, the, the crowd. There wasn't a bunch of people on their cell phones. Like everybody was like there in the moment enjoying the concert. Isn't it great to have live music back? Yeah. I mean I, I totally missed it with, with Really? COVID. How long has it been since you've seen some live music? You know, I oh gosh, let's see. It's probably been winter time. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I saw Candlebox. No, you didn't. I did. What winter time? Like fucking nineteen ninety nine? No, they <laughs> they still actually are out there touring. <laughs> <laughs> for real they are yeah i haven't even thought of a candle box nor any band that might have ever played with candle box in 10 years right but they were out there well how was that show? It. it was good it was good they did it in uh um i mean they probably had been on a big break dude they probably <laughs> pre-covid they probably were on a break Hey, they just whip out the old songs, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they can put something on. Are they on. pushing a new album? No. No. No, just getting out there and playing. So it's a small little venue, about 50 people. Sick. You know, Those are the best. Setting up on like couches and stuff like that. No way. Like yeah. MTV Unplugged? They it really was. took it back. They really did. <laughs> yeah. And then they did a, um, you know, they just did like a, a screen. And a, Well, let's see what they do. They they streamed it is what they did. So and you could pay five bucks to hear the live stream, and then there were like fifty of us there live. And there was like fifty watching the live stream. Yeah, <laughs> well, there probably were. <laughs> I'll just fucking Candlebox Candle Box might I, have a hundred. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I can't even think of their hit song. I, I mean, nothing's even coming to me right now. They, their first Come album. On, sing me one. Sing me one. <laughs> sing me one. It's their. Their first album went like multi-platinum. Like it was a big, big grunge. Yeah, album. I mean, yeah. I remember that. They, then, they were riding then, the coattails of 
Pearl Jam and Nirvana and Soundgarden. And then it was downhill from there. Yeah. So, yeah. I they mean, weren't the only ones that yeah. that happened to. But I think it was like Far Behind and some of those types of th- songs that that were hits. When you say Candlebox, I think Blind Melon for some reason. Yeah. Same, that was right. Same era. That was like, Blind Melon was way fucking better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fuck. The 90s, dude. But in Salt Lake, you know. So were they from Salt Lake or something maybe? Or? I think. One, I think one of their newer guitar players has some ties there. So, um, but uh, no, I mean one of my favorite venues there in Salt Lake is uh, Red Butte Gardens. It's an outdoor amphitheater, and they have a wide variety of music that comes through, or wide variety of bands that come through. And uh, it's one of those that you can still bring in, like a picnic basket, and bring your booze or wine and food and everything, and just lay out on the lawn and. You know, you got birds and butterflies flying around Beautiful. and listen to music, you know. Beautiful. So I've seen Kenny Wayne Shepherd there. <laughs> Gary Clark Jr. has played there. Okay. Um, There's you know. somebody not from the 90s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Al Davis played. I don't know that one. <laughs> yeah. You'd recognize some of his songs. That's going back a little farther. Oh, is it? ZZ Top was scheduled to play there. I don't know if they're going to do that this year. They're with, still doing it. They're yeah. already on tour as ZZ Top That's without with Dusty, fucking Hill. Yeah. 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 So now it's all good. But yeah, I mean, the ride today, I mean, you know, what, Bridger Teton National Forest, just yeah. south of the Teton Mountain Range. I mean, it's pretty, it's beautiful out it there. It is fucking beautiful. And what river is this? It's uh, Gray's, the <coughs> Gray's, Gray's River. River. That's right. Yeah. We're on Gray's River Road. Yeah. Yeah. And certain points, I mean, the road was right alongside the river. So. Yeah. Got a pie, got right Mountains by on it. both sides. Mountains on both sides. Yeah, it was the river was down below or right right next to us. Yeah. Yeah. Sketchiest part was just the graders as we came up the road, right? Those big piles of Yeah, they're just leaving shit in the middle of the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But outside of that, just an improved road and yeah, as we funny. got farther down here, nobody really out here. The trail map said five out of ten, moderately difficult. I've been on trails where it said easy, and they were way more difficult than that. I was going to say, this is like a one out of ten. <laughs> yeah, easy. I mean, this is nice. I mean, it wasn't even hard packed with gravel top. It was just like not soft, but, you know, not real firm, but just loose gravel. A few spots rutted out, but not Very, too bad. very few yeah. spots. Yeah. Some of the trails off to the side I took were a little, little bit bumpier. I was shocked to see that airstrip right in the middle here, though. Yeah, that's sick. Let me just come around to Ben and there's a big airstrip. That right means in the, the hunting is really good. It's got to be good, yeah. That's what that means. Maybe we'll be lucky and have an elk or something walk through oh, here tonight. There's some elk shit right over there that's where I was it. fishing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you never know. What about moose? You got moose up here too, right? Yeah, there's moose up here and it looked like there was some moose habitat too, some different ponds and things like that. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they start wandering in and out too. So. And we're in, bear, we're in bear country. I don't know about grizzlies, but <laughs> we are in bear country. So um, I really haven't ever had an encounter with a bear, and I'd like to keep it that way. But sounds Never? like sounds like you have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, I had one literally just, like, charged down the bushes. Like, by the time I was looking where the bushes were making noises, he was standing about 20 foot from me in the river on three legs just staring at me. That's... That's a little uh, discomforting. It was close. Yeah. It was close. <laughs> I pulled the Jesus move. Did you? <laughs> walked right on water. I ran across the fucking river. 
thought you were going to say you were sort of praying to Jesus. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. I was referring to uh, a story. Walking on walking yeah. on water. Yeah. It w- You know, that bear didn't want to have anything to do with me. Yeah. They really don't. Now, yeah. there if was a w- female, it might be a little different, right? Trying to protect Yeah, if there was cubs. a cub around, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. But there was a, where was I at? Somewhere by Beartooth. And first there were signs like you got to have hard storage for your food to camp, right? And then I got to a section where there was just like no tent camping, period. I'm like, whoa. This means, is, this is scary territory. <laughs> if they're like, you can't even camp in a tent without food because yeah. you are the food. Yeah, there's a lot of people in that area that get mauled, you know, if they don't follow the warning. So a lot of areas in Montana that happen. So it seems like there's a few stories every year. I don't want to be one of those stories. No, you don't want to be one of those stories. Not at all. That'd not be a pleasant way to go. Mm-mm. That was the one night I like paid for a campground spot. I was like, I want to be with people. Somebody yeah. else is getting mauled. <laughs> That's you know? right. Like, I'm not going to be the one. <laughs> so I got to applaud you. Uh, you reached out to me, I don't know, or Zach reached out to me a while back. Yeah. Told me about you guys wanting to you know, start a YouTube channel, doing some video to document the new Pan Am. And, yep. And he told me that you bought both the first two bikes that your dealership got so that you guys could use them, your technicians could have them around to work on and get comfortable with them and learn as much about them as possible to prepare for anybody else that might be coming through or anybody that you've sold a bike to after that, that you're like, you know, you guys are testing or learning on your vehicles. And I was like, that's genius that, you know, you're supporting you know that that direction that this company's going yeah i mean we um you know we're an adventure bike uh, adventure motorcycle territory as you're seeing i mean you're, you've been out here riding all the beautiful spots out here too there's just endless places to explore either pavement or off pavement lots of little fire roads out here idaho montana wyoming and you know we get thousands of travelers coming through every year and, um, yeah, we wanted to be able to, you know, service those customers. Our Idaho Falls market's pretty small, but there's a lot of, uh, we get these reports that uh, show us how many, you know, dual sport or adventure motorcycles are out there. And, you know, it's a, a really fast-growing segment, as you, as you know. Um, you know, um, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people watching the Long Way Round or <laughs> other things, you know, kind of got the itch to say, look, you know, we can get out there and, you know, experience the world in a much different fashion. I mean, it is old school and it's cool to get out on the, you know, old choppers and stuff and come down some of these roads, but, you know, these things make some of the other roads just even more accessible. I mean, some of the stuff that you encountered, I mean, chopper it's wouldn't go there. Chopper would not go chopper, there. It might go there, but it wouldn't go out. Yeah. So Harley, you know, in preparation for this bike coming out, I mean, they were concerned, I think that, you know, um, you know, some dealerships have just kind of stuffed this bike in the corner. You know, they they um, had been uh, in the adventure motorcycle category before with the Buell Ulysses, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, that bike, you know, there's still some hardcore fans of that bike, but I don't think Harley really gave that thing too much of a chance. Well, um, the whole Buell brand never really got no the backing. Like, it just never, I don't know. I, by the time I knew about Buell, they were gone. Yeah. You know? But, um, you know, for this bike, you know, in anticipation of this bike coming out, and I saw my first prototype, you know, about two years before it actually was released. 
Um, but in anticipation of it coming out, you know, Harley put together a ton of training materials for their dealer network. Um, and they had this cha challenge called Battle for the Trail. And, uh, you know, it encouraged dealerships to get up to speed on the category, the, buy, the you know, various competitors out there, um, you know, how the Pan America was going to stack up against those um, competitors. And, uh, you know, our small little dealership there in Idaho Falls ended up um, tying for first place in that challenge, you know, because really? we were really committed to it. Um, and really, you know, committed to well, that's understanding funny, it. Because my buddy back in Dallas says that he got tied for first place. He didn't. I can show you the communication. <laughs> so it was, so a Michigan, it was a Michigan dealer. Yeah. And then, uh, and then ourselves. And they ran this tiebreaker. Like Harley actually ran, from what I understand, these two little different tiebreakers. And, uh, you know, uh, we submitted like 30 minutes uh, behind the other one. Uh, but behind the other dealership, not realizing that it was going to be a tiebreaker type thing. But uh, anyway, I got a call from the uh, actual, you know, uh, marketing program manager from Pan, you know, on the Pan America from Harley Davidson and just saying, hey, we, you guys were so close neck and neck. We just felt like we had to do something for you guys too. So they gave us another spot to go down to Rawhide's um, Adventure Motorcycle School down in Mojave, California. At the Zakar. Zakar, <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, you know, and then outfitted one of our guys, too, with all the gear and everything as well. Um, it was a consolation prize because first place got two brand-new motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. Two. <laughs> so the, the shop in Michigan got them? Shop in Michigan got them, but... You know, we were, regardless, we were committed to it. You know, uh, there's a lot of excitement around it in the shop. Um, and you're right, like, you know, uh, I wanted to make sure our technicians, you know, got a chance to put all of the accessories on the bike um, so that they could make real recommendations, you know, to a customer and know how they work, know how they go on the bike. You know, um, not everything that comes out you know, is going to be compatible with the way that a customer is going to use their motorcycle. And so, um, yeah, I was the guinea pig. And then, you know, we, we decided to get it out and go test it out too. I took my uh, good buddy who's on a BMW GS and we just headed for Southern Utah too, just to go really test it outside of Zakar and, you know, Harley's, you know, kind of product management team kind of hovering over us. Mm -hmm. So, one thing I was <clears throat> talking to my buddy uh, Lance at Dallas HD about was pushing training to the people that he's selling them to. Yeah. You know, just so that people can get comfortable and get the confidence underneath them so that when they do get these bikes, they can take them out there and really enjoy them. You know, because yeah. if you're not comfortable on gravel or comfortable on dirt and you're scared of dropping this fucking $25,000 machine, you're not going to get to really go enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, so have you been doing anything like that? or? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're in the process of actually trying to put together a rally, too. I mean, a Harley-Davidson dealership hasn't put it together an adventure bike rally, uh, you know, not that I've been able to see either. And so, you know, we're going to try and do that here before the end of the year. And that's an opportunity to get, you know, customers out on the bikes and, you know, teach them some of the skills. We've also talked to them about Rawhide, you know, some of the, you know, guys that, you uh, you know, real pioneers and getting people out on these bikes and, and getting them trained and, and enjoying them. Um, and you yeah, can get them over there, learn on a bike that's not theirs. Yeah. I, I thought that was one of the greatest things. About, I mean, I went out there last year and rode the GSA. Yeah. 1250. 
And I thought that program was great. To go out there, I mean, I was just throwing this bike down left and right, like, but finding the limits, yeah. you know, and really after two days, I mean, it was a, it was night and day as to how comfortable I felt riding that bike. Well, as um, you know, they get you out in the sand, they get you out in a lot of gravel, they have you uh, take a few little jumps and things like that. Uh, they do a lot of low speed, like balancing type things too. These bikes are incredibly well balanced. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think one of the, probably the bigger transitions, somebody that hasn't ridden dirt that's getting on one of these bikes is really just in the turns, you know, because you know, on a street bike, you're going to kind of lean in the turns typically, right? Um, and uh, we had guys out at that, you know, uh, out at Zakar that were dropping these things right and left because they're not counterbalancing. And so these things will just wash out if you're kind of leaning into the corner the same way. So, you know, some of those skills are real important, not only to, you know, keep you safe, but have you actually enjoy the bike? You exactly. Know? So. Yeah. So people can get out there yeah. and really do some exploring. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I would see maybe even finding somebody like a local school or a local training thing that people could you know, go and really get comfortable. Yeah. And Idaho Falls, like our sales manager before even Zakar, you know, he, he found a, a guy that does like just personal coaching, you know, he takes either individuals or small groups out and, you know, shows them how to use them, yeah. you know, has them make, you know, uh, you know, a, a 180 degree turn, you know, up a hill <laughs> and, you know, turn them back around. And, uh, yeah, I mean, as you know, you've gotten into some pretty dicey places based on, you know, some of the things I've seen on social media, those skills are real important. I mean, you know, and, and, uh, you know, there again, I wish I was better at communicating what I'm doing. Yeah. Cause I, I don't really know. I mean, you know, like, where's my weight at? I don't know. You know, like, I'm just making it go where I want to. Yeah. Uh, but that's one thing that I, that I learned. I learned so much more out there. You know, even about some of the stuff that I was already aware of, or not aware of, but was doing, was, you know, already in my practice, but I didn't realize exactly how I was able to manipulate the bike I was, the way I was, until seeing them explain it. Yep. I really enjoyed, like, them pushing, like, the lock turns, you know, like, get that steering wheel all the way over and figure out how to balance it and, you know, turn as tight a radius as possible. Yeah, they and, even did things with us, too, just to show the balance of the bike where... You know, you had somebody kind of spot you, but just, you know, with two fingers, kind of walked around the whole bike and, you know, with the kickstand up, had it just, you know, keep keep it balanced and keep it, you know, standing up. And so these do have a, a little higher, you know, center of gravity, but they're really well balanced. Oh, yeah. So. What about, uh, did they work with you on the analog braking feature? Yeah. Being on and off or the traction control yeah they had us do some you know um, hard braking just so that you could see you know some of the differences there um, you know had us toggle into off-road plus you know off-road mode versus sport mode traction control on and off um, you know these bikes even have a rain mode um, you know I've got a boy that's just uh, you know starting to learn motorcycles he rode dirt bikes growing up but he's just learning to get out on the street and, uh, you know, I was able to put him right on this bike, just put it on rain mode, and it kind of tunes the thing back a little bit. He's been able to handle it just fine. Rain mode. Rain mode. If you even look in their, in their owner's manual, they say, hey, rain mode can be like a training mode for somebody too because it just won't give, you know, you kind of the same throttle response. There's a lot. Of, I can imagine that even like on the demo ride, somebody pops that thing into sport mode and, and just twists the throttle. 
It'll yeah, wake him up. <laughs> it's like, especially you know, if they've being a thirteen-year-old and hopping on a CR two fifty. You know, like yeah, some bitches got some get up and especially go. Especially if wheelie controls off, right? Oh yeah, I don't. Yeah, I haven't ridden one like that yet. I don't even want to do that to mine yet until yeah. I get real comfortable with that throttle. Yeah. Well, you see some videos of guys out there popping wheelies and stuff and riding down the interstate with them now. I mean, and. Uh, yeah, I think overall the bike's been really well received by the community. I think. Uh, what was your um, experience before this bike? You you had a, a KTM. Did you say you yeah. had a GS as well? Yeah. No, I'd been on my buddy's GS a bit. Um, I had a KTM twelve ninety Super Adventure. Mm -hmm. uh, been out quite a bit on that thing as well. Um, Where'd you take it? Uh, you know, places like Death Valley. Um, as you know, I live down in Utah too, and you know, there's a lot of great trails out in Utah, um, up in the mountains there, and. Uh, you know, that bike rips. I mean, KTM's done a great job. BMW has done a great job. Um, Ducati's got a new Multistrada out. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of innovation going on in the segment, which is good for everybody. You know, the competition's been good for everybody. I think the thing that really surprised people is that Harley, just for a first-year bike, actually, you know, delivered the goods and has a real competitor there. They really do. Yeah. It's funny hearing people that, Talking to meeting people that I have this last week out on the trail, not seeing it ever, and being shocked to see it where they were seeing it, and then to talk to people on their BMW, and they're like, man, it's really a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I test rode one, <clears throat> blah, blah, blah. And, it's, uh, and you're seeing there's not that many out in the wild, and so people that do know about them, though, and when they see one, like... They're like a magnet. They're stoked. I mean, that like that guy from Denmark today when we're mm -hmm. at the Bull Moose Saloon just came right over because he recognized the bikes. He's like, hey, I haven't seen these things yet. Or I guess he test rode one, but he hadn't seen them out in the wild yet. Yeah. Um, well, wait till you see a dirt bike on top of a mountain. When they know about it, they're like, what the fuck? How'd you, know? you get up here? <laughs> you came up the same trail we did? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we did uh, last weekend, um, you know, we did Beartooth Pass and... There's a stop on the Red Lodge side where you can go and feed the, the chipmunks and stuff like that. And my buddy Zach was on, on one of these filming a, another ride that we'd done and uh, just got swarmed. You know, there were people that saw the bike, came over, you know, we're asking all sorts of questions about it. Yeah, it's... Uh... So I remember when I first got, you know, one of these set up and, you know, they were again headed down to the national parks in Utah we're going into arches and I got my buddy on a, uh, my buddy's on his BMW and he, he actually has a Pan Am that just showed up that he's, uh, you know, getting off his that BMW. That one in the basement I saw? Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. It's getting way. He's, he should be picking it up this week. But, uh, but anyway, you could see somebody mouth like, you know, as we're waiting to get into arches, like that's a Harley, <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. I heard a, I passed a group of BMWs like right at the, at the first switchback down or second switchback down from California Pass, which is one of the highest motorable roads in Colorado. Yeah. And I hear one of them go, holy shit, that's the Harley. And I was jamming to David Allen Co. It was like one of the few groups I didn't stop and talk to. I wish I would have, but I was like, I was in my zone, dude. Yeah, I've had people pull up on, you know, certain roads too, and they're just pointing out of their vehicle and kind of slowing down and taking a look at Wait it. Wait till you get it custom painted. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. then they're like, it is... You know, Wait a minute, what it is really that? throws them off. They're yeah. like, they think it's the Harley, but they're like, is that a is that a factory option? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, ask for the chemical candy paint when <laughs> you go right. buy your bike. <laughs> Danger Dan Flames. 
Those are chemical candy Randy flavors, dude. I ain't got nothing to do with those. Yeah. No, but my good friend Randy, he is, God, he's a badass. He really is. And it took some, took some strong convincing to get him to do it. He doesn't like doing much more than the chopper tank and a little fender. Yeah. That big aluminum tank. He, yeah. Yeah, I've got well, I've got one of mine scheduled to get in to, uh, there's a gal named Paige Macy um, that runs a, a shop called uh, Stripe Colt Painting. She's a tat, you know. She uh, out of Utah? She's out of Utah, yeah. Really, really talented. And uh, given her just artistic freedom to, you know, do, you know, the cowl and the, the tank for me. And just nice. see what she comes up with. Yeah, so you're going to do the tank and the fairing. Yeah, yeah. What about the black plastics on the uh, underneath the crash bar? I'm just gonna leave them black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Yeah, I, I think what I want to do to mine. So I'm gonna get somebody with a pinstripe brush, orange paint maybe, and just put GS Slayer. There you go. Right in the middle, underneath that the fucking turning headlight on yeah. the fairing. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because now I'm convinced. I'll, I need to make sure that this is a GS Slayer. You know, it is. It, it fucking is. is. It is. Yeah, I mean the. You know, there again, the uh, the GS has been out there a lot. Um, obviously, millions of miles put on those bikes. You know, um, and uh, yeah. But in terms of powertrain and everything, like I think the BMW is a pig compared to this thing. I wouldn't say it's a pit, but it's a, it's a pig. It a is. Pig. You if, think you, so? if you lined them up together, this thing would outrun it like all day long. I don't know. I mean, I, don't, I, I have yet to see it, but yeah, it definitely power. feels faster. Yeah, I bet it's fucking close though. Yeah, and then now, once not, again the rider, and then that speed clutch they got, like that thing works fucking good. Yeah, you got to really drop the RPMs on these to get it to switch without using the clutch. Yeah, that thing, that GS dude, you can pin it. Yeah, and it'll stand up a little bit, and then you flip gears, it'll go down and stand up a little bit. It's. I'm not saying the bike's a pig, but the powertrain's a pig. <laughs> okay, maybe so. I mean, it definitely doesn't look the same. You no. Know? Like it's, no. I mean, in what other adventure bike have you seen custom paint on? Yeah. Yeah, it's a Harley thing, right? And I think that's really, as far as, like, the mechanics of it, that GS is hard to beat. Like, I literally, you look at the direction you want to go, and the whole fucking giant thing moves it that moves, direction. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, but there's a lot more customization options on this. And you know, 95% of the people that buy these are going to be like Jeep owners. Yeah. They're going to trick them out. They're going to look off-road as fuck. Yeah. They ain't leaving the pavement. Yeah. So they're they're going to be, They're going to be disappointed when the road turns to gravel, okay, right. for 95% of these. Yeah. You think that's a safe number, right? Yeah, I think for most people. At least for a couple years. Yeah. But there'll be folks, too, especially out, you know, in this part of the country that... You know, we'll do things like you've done with them where it's just like they're going to push them to the limits. You that's, know? that's not very smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you should do what I've done with it. Uh, well, there's several I'm, people I'm out there like lucky. that that'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, just to say they've done it. You're right. I hope so. I can't wait to see him and meet him. Yeah. I hear that there's actually a kid close to me named Bones. My buddy was telling me about a young dude that got one in Dallas and yeah. that he's been riding the piss out of his. So. Yeah, we've had some dude that's, you know, bought one from us that just starts tagging us, and he's out in remote areas with his and really enjoying it. And, nice. Um, you know, I had... Uh, What's What age group are you seeing? How many have you sold so far? 
So we have sold a dozen of them, and that's just pretty much everything we've been able to get. Like, Including yours or a dozen on top of your A dozen tube. on top of them, okay. yeah. And, um, you know, uh, the demand for the bike has been way higher than expected. We, we'd actually have, I think we have seven people right now still on our waiting list. Um, Are these all bikes you got from the factory, or did you get some from other dealers? Because... So I, I, uh, I'm a part owner in a dealership up in Salem, Oregon as well. So I had to trade for, you know, a couple of bikes up there too. So, yeah. um, but, um, yeah, we've basically been able to sell through anything that we've been allocated and actually given up allocation on, you know, some of our touring bikes or sportsters or stuff just to meet the demand on these things. Nice. I mean, I kind of saw this coming. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that would love an adventure bike. <clears throat> But they don't want to look like a faggot on a BMW or yeah. a KTM. Like, that's just... Yeah. Not that those guys are faggots, but that's just the mindset of a lot of Harley riders. You yeah. know, like, you know, if it doesn't have that bar and shield, they don't want no part of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, there again, there just hasn't been an alternative, you know. So um, what we're seeing is the, the guys that are get, getting them, um, this is just another bike that they have as well, right? It's not their first bike, typically, or they're not trading in a bike. This is They're not turning this into their daily rider. Well, they might be turning it into their daily rider, but they're just getting another tool, right? Yeah. For a different style of riding. So it's usually a second or third bike that somebody's getting. So what's the age group you think out of those dozen uh, people? It's probably thirty five to sixty. Yeah. Yeah. We have I don't think we've sold one to anybody uh, younger than thirty five. Really? Yeah. Well the I mean, price they're kind point... of expe- you know, the price point's good, but you know, people still, don't usually yeah, come into their own until they're a little older, you know. How, have they given you any clue as to how many miles they're expecting out of the motor? No, no, no clue. No so, clue. But, you know, if it's anything like their their big twins, I mean, they know people get out and ride them. I mean, we have riders all the time that come in on the big twins, whether it's twin cams, even some of the Milwaukee 8s already, you know, that, you know, are up over 100,000 miles. What about the, uh, oh, what was that retarded bike they put out? The original version of this motor. The V-Rod. Uh, the V-Rod. How yeah. many miles are people putting on a V-Rod? You know, the V-Rod was actually a really reliable bike. Oh, my yeah. God. You, you, it really was. These that, motherfuckers, there's like a cult following. and Whenever you meet somebody on the road that has one, all they want to do is tell you how badass their V-Rod is. Yeah. Okay? So, but it so does you it, talk to our technicians, though, and uh, they'll tell you that they're pretty trouble-free. Um, and... I don't know that I personally have seen a high mile V rod, uh, but they have, um, and um, you know they just they say they, there's not as many issues. So ironically, my very first Harley was a night rod special. A night rod? Is yeah. that a V rod? It's got yeah, it's a it's, it's a, a version of the the, the V rod. <laughs> <laughs> and How long did thing, you have that it? thing hauled ass? Oh well, that thing yeah, hauled ass. I mean, yeah. So you um, want something that hauls ass? You don't get a Harley though. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you get a certain type of Harley. I mean, until now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you know, look, I look at motorcycles like, I mean, they're just different tools, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, they're for different types of experiences. I've owned all sorts of different types. I've got some vintage bikes, like, as you know. And, um, you know, I get asked all the time, like, hey, what's your favorite one? And I do put more miles on certain ones. It's just because they're tools for that. Mm-hmm. But. My favorite one, I honestly can say, is the one I'm riding at any given time. Like, I, I can find enjoyment out of pretty much anything on two wheels, That's honestly. a safe answer. 
It's Which true. one's your favorite bike, dude? No, it's honest. I, I am, if you had to get rid of all of them except for one. This is the Swiss this Army is, knife. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> this will do everything. <laughs> yeah. This is the one. Yeah, this will I do don't everything. know that I would feel the same if I didn't have a chopper. Yeah. But I say that and my chopper's down right now. Yeah. So I technically don't have a chopper to ride. But I am chomping at the bench to go back and get that fucking taken care of. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's good. That's got to happen soon. So one thing I'm seeing right now, and, you know, in America, motorcycles have always been a toy. Yeah. Or not always, but, you know, as long as I've been alive, it's a toy. It's not like a, not like when you go to a third world country and it's like, we're getting a motorcycle because, you, you know, see, that's the most see, efficient thing. And you have. see the family stacked exactly. on there like an Indian stuff. But the yeah. way I see, like, the economy going and the prices of, like, a truck right now fucking it's way up there yeah i'm starting to see that the motorcycle is a more efficient effective and not that it hasn't been before now but even more so now are you seeing that more people are getting them as like an everyday tool i i am yeah i mean i you know the media likes to kind of play this thing like hey you know motorcycle sales are down and you know Harley's been a front runner for a long time, so they got a lot of people that are, you know, I, I don't understand it. They're an American company. People are wanting them to fail, you know. I don't see why anybody wants anybody's business to fail, honestly. Like, I just don't get it, um, yeah. especially when you've got, you know, you know, Americans involved. I mean, it's, you know, they've got an iconic story. Um, but, I, you know, in some of the digital tooling that we see now, it's like we see that younger generation actually engaging you know, and trying to understand the community, even if they're not on a bike yet. And they want, they want into the lifestyle. Right. And, uh, but you're right. I mean, I think especially, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if you'd categorize it by geography or not, but even in urban environments, if you think about like all the traffic and some of the, these, these big metropolitan areas that are making it. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of States now you can do lane splitting and those types of things. And it's a really efficient way to get lane split in every state. The rules are different around lane splitting in every state. <laughs> you technically can. Yeah, you can. <laughs> I know. I know. Down in Utah, when they made lane splitting um, legal, some oh, people, it's legal in Utah right now. It is. Yeah, under certain circumstances, you can't do it on the interstate. It has to be on roads where the uh, speed limit is forty-five miles per hour or less, um, and it's when traffic is stopped, you can move through and and get up to the front. But there again, in in you know city driving, that's. I mean, you can cut tons of time off your commute. There's typically plenty of parking uh, for motorcycles as well. So it's a really efficient way to get around. And, you know, I've spent some time in Asia and, you know, we're not to the point in terms of just total numbers of motorcycles, like, you know, in Japan or India. Or it's starting to seem like that, that fucking crowded in some places. Though. It, it does start, it is starting to seem that way. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think to your point, I mean, I think people realize it's in a, you know, it's an efficient way to get around. Um, I think some people like the thrill factor of it too. Um, well, we were absolutely. Just, we were, yeah. I mean, you and I were just talking about last night. It's hard to describe to somebody who hasn't been a mo- on a motorcycle what the experience is really like. And uh, you know, some people it's a white knuckle experience. They get scared and they won't ride them again. I've, we've, we've had experiences where you know people ride a motorcycle, they get scared, they just park it in the garage, and three years later it's sold. Um, Bless but I, those people. Yeah. Bless those people <laughs> who just park it in their garage and sell it for dirt cheap. 
but I think they're in the minority. And, and uh, you know, through my dealerships, the thing that we're really trying to focus on is just building community and giving people a reason to get out and continue to get on those bikes. Because I think, yeah, I mean, it's just a real liberating experience, um, regardless of what walk of life you come from. Um, if you walk in, uh, you know, to most motorcycle crowds, like, you're just accepted, right? Because you have the motorcycle is the common denominator. Um, you have a common well, not normally. Right I mean, you say that, but like the Harley community is a little different. You know, like it's a little bit more. You know, if you're not on a Harley, there's a lot of people that are gonna turn I, their nose up at you. I think some of that's going away, though. Um, I think that's. I think. I think some of that's going away, and and there again, I think you know, folks that, um, you know pull together community events, whether they're a dealership owner like myself or, or whatnot, like it's, um, you know, just making sure that people feel accepted, um, you know, regardless of what they ride, regardless of what their background is. Hey, just come and ride. Like we mm -hmm. enjoy riding. Let's, let's get together and get out and ride. See, I'm so. not as like freely open to that mindset. Yeah. I'm just not. Yeah. And maybe it's cause I'm an asshole or, you know, it's, I don't know, like, Maybe it's like that selfish thing where, like, you like a band until they get big. Yeah. But I don't even think it's that. I think it's like I don't think it is for everybody. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, like, sometimes you bring people in, like, the whole push for new customers. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that all the time. Like, you know, like, um, what am I trying to say here? Um, well, I'll... So maybe just there again, from my perspective, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit over dinner last night. You know, I, my first, my first bike was a Nighthawk 750, Honda Nighthawk 750. I learned Dude, that's on one that of thing. the baddest fucking Hondas ever. Yeah. Was it the 84 California special with the hard bags? <laughs> it didn't have the hard bags. Dude, so. that bike is sick as fuck. Yeah. But, you know, before I bought that bike, I walked into a Harley dealership and experienced that whole thing where... You know, I didn't know what motorcycle I wanted. I just, and I didn't grow up in a family that rode motorcycles. I just knew I wanted to ride. Um, and, you know, I'd been on some friends' bikes and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I kind of had that whole experience where, you know, somebody's like not wanting to give me the time of day mm -hmm. to help me find the bike that was suited to me. And um, so, you know, I ended up on a Honda. And <coughs> I, I love that thing. I rode the, you know, I rode that thing all over the place. My wife actually cried when I sold that bike because we had some good experiences together on that whole thing. Oh, you asshole. <laughs> I know. You asshole. Have you found it and bought it back yet? No, but um, my oldest daughter um, recently got married and her husband bought that same bike and she got on it and recreated something from her childhood uh, and a memory that she had with me on that bike, That's which is awesome. really, really cool. Um, but, you know, that was the thing that got me riding. I, I had a little... Uh, sport bike phase as well mm -hmm. uh, you know that kind of need for speed and yeah, you like to go fast i've seen that yeah you like yeah. to wait till the last minute to use your brakes yeah <laughs> you definitely got some street bike riding mentality I yeah see it. yeah so um but um you know i remember you know i, I bought the night rod because uh you know like you know i got it for kind of around town but uh you know the first touring bike i bought was an old road king um, cause Those I love the classic look of it. And I remember the guy that I bought it from, he was like, Oh, you're getting a stop and smell the roses bike. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't really truly appreciate what he, uh, what he was, uh, 
telling me, yeah. but he was absolutely right. It was like, a, yeah, yeah. That's where my chopper is. Yeah. It was a stop and smell the roses bike and uh, had so many good experiences on that thing, riding it all over the place. And uh, that's probably when I really actually kind of got the Harley bug um, because um, I don't know, we just, you know, we started, my wife and I started doing a lot more riding at that point uh, on a lot of back roads stopping at the random cafes and gas stations and things like that. And there again, the, just this pull to the bike that people had and coming up and wanting to share some of their own life experiences with you, um, whether they were currently riding or whether they had in the past, there again, the bike was something that just made them feel comfortable to come up and talk to you. I can't tell you how many guys told me about projects that they had going on in their garage. No way. Or people saying, hey, you know, I just got off a bike because I can't ride anymore, but I used to ride 20,000 miles a year. And you telling you me that didn't happen to you on your V-Rod? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> to some, it's not a real Harley. <laughs> but that King, you know, that classic styling oh, and everything, yeah. like, you know, people came up and approached us. And, I mean, we even had these wild stories. Like, I mean, I... You know, with my wife on the back, especially, you know, I, I try to get off the bike every 60 to 90 minutes just to make sure that I'm alert. And uh, as you know, it's just an experience with all the wind and noise and everything. And, you know, you can almost fall asleep on the thing. Oh, you can't. Yeah. And so, um, but, uh, so we look for all of these, you know, kind of random stops, whether they're like, you know, just historic markers or, you know, just signs in random places that you never would stop at. In a car, like in a car, you're just hauling yeah, ass past, past them, them, right? Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, it seems like every trip that we've gone on has been had some sort of memorable moment because we did stop to smell the roses. I mean, you know, one in particular, we're like, you know, all the way down in southern Utah in the super remote area, got off the bike and, um, you know, we're standing around for like five minutes and this cat comes up and just a little kitten and it, you know, we could hear it. It came up to us, and I think somebody had just tossed it out of their car, <laughs> you know, in the middle of nowhere. And uh, I look at my wife, and we look down you at did the cat. Not fucking take that thing home. And and I said, <laughs> I said, you're not gonna. We're not leaving this thing here, are we? And she's like, no. <laughs> oh my and god. And so we had a hitchhiker for like 120 miles. She just tucked it into her Get jacket. Get the fuck out of here! And it it hung and rode the whole way. It hung and rode the whole way. Uh, we took a break just for a second to get it out, um, and uh, we were down in the... Uh, and it got back in after that? It got back in. We were in... Uh, I es guess it's a keeper. So we were in Escalana, Utah. You know when people say you get Harleys to pull pussy? That's not what they're talking about. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> when you're married, maybe. maybe okay. right. So, but... Uh, I remember we stopped into this gas station in Escalana with the cat, mm -hmm. and I, I just said, hey, I'm going to go in and see if there's an animal shelter here. And I'm talking to the cashier and she's like, no, 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 there's not an animal shelter here. And she's like, well, you know, how old's the cat? And we're like, ah, oh, it's just a kitten. Uh, is it a male or female? Oh, it's a male. Ah, oh, my cat will kill it. I can't keep it, you know, and this and that. But, you know, there's a veteran, there's a veterinarian like up this road and she's giving me all these, you know, country instructions to get up there. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, my wife comes walking in with the cat right as she's telling me she's like oh let me see that cat <laughs> and then she saw it she's like let me call my boyfriend oh my god called her boyfriend and she's like yeah we'll take it and i look at my wife and i'm like we need to get out of here mm -hmm. <laughs> we need to get out of here right now so and uh yeah 
I mean, that cat used one of its nine lives. Wow. So. You picked up some pussy on that road <laughs> <We> game, <did. laughs> So I ain't never heard that story before. Yeah. But look, I mean, you know, there again, it, you know, I think motorcycles get you to slow down and just experience life in a much different fashion, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll never forget that story, you know. So, I mean, I was on a ride just even last last weekend with a group of guys. There's just certain things that happened on that that we'll never forget. And if that group of guys comes together, they'll be like, hey, man, you remember when you did that or oh, this or yeah. that? Like, you know, it just nobody will forget it. Well, I always talk about on this podcast two types of fun. The fun you have in the moment that you're like, enjoy. And then the fun that doesn't happen until after the moment's gone because it's a shit time. You know, like you're making, you're doing it together, shit experience. But when you meet up with those people again and you talk about that shit experience, that fun lasts longer. It does. You know, like just reliving those experiences. Yeah, I think I told you, like, we had this group out, uh, a lot of them were from Maine and Boston, and uh, out riding around with them, and you know, one of the guys got lost, <laughs> and, you know, riding all over the place trying to find the guy, and finally found him, but anyway, he's all apologetic, and I just looked at him, I'm like, hey, now we have a story together, Yeah. you know, and... Uh, Sounds like a guy you'd like to have a story with. Yeah, he is, yeah. <laughs> But just like you coming out and riding with us, you know, like now we've got a story together. Like, yeah. you know, we do. Like, so if I ever see you again, it'll be like, hey, man, like, remember when we were riding around? Let's go make Bridger another Tetson? one. Yeah. Come on, let's go. Follow yeah. me this time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you eat my dust this time, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, you and Zach were just getting blasted today. I, no, I wasn't. I was staying right. I was, I was Zach, letting you though, lead, but I was... Staying right in front of that dust storm. <laughs> you saw Zach's bike, though. Oh, yeah, Zach got it. Zach, Zach, he ate it. He's still got grit in his teeth. Oh, he will. He yeah. will for a while. Yeah. But that's all right. That's, you know. So on the way here, you know, coming to Idaho Falls, I talked to a couple people, uh, you know, told them I was coming here. Like, oh, this guy, yeah, there's a new owner to that dealership. Yep. And had good things to say about you. One of them being Arnie. Yeah. One of my favorite people on the planet. Arnie's and if Arnie good says good things about you. Now, honestly, I was kind of like unsure of this situation. I'm like, ah, oh, this fucking Harley deal. <laughs> like, you know, this isn't my normal yeah. approach to life. You yeah. know, like, but, you know, there was, some, I guess, probably Zach. I think you got to give Zach some credit because, you know, the things he said was what kind of was like, all right, yeah, I'll go see what these guys got to say. Yeah. Uh, and I just wanted to come right up here, you know, like yeah. this, this area is beautiful, you know, this yeah. is y'all's backyard. Yeah. I can't wait to come back when you guys know it really well too. Once you've had these bikes and you know, every trail out here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I told you, I've, um, you know, until we got these bikes, it pretty much have just stuck to the, the roads up here in Idaho, uh, Wyoming, Montana. Well, you no got plenty well. of good roads up here. There's so plenty of great paved roads. Yeah. And so. Yeah, we're getting out here and exploring the the off pavement stuff, but uh, but yeah, Arnie's a cool dude, and um, yeah, the Harley the Harley uh, dealer network is um, you know Harley's talked for God the last five years about really trying to strengthen their dealer network. I mean, uh, you know, no what are they doing to do that? Well, they're trying to bring new blood in, you know, um, and uh, you know, for a long time there, um, you know, Harley dealers honestly didn't have to work that hard. And we're just reaping in tons of profits, right? Because 
of scarcity or product or the baby boomers just, you know, walking in and paying whatever for bikes, things like that. And, um, you know, and so what it attracted is, and not that there's any problem with people making a profit in their business, but it, it, it brought in, you know, just business folks that actually didn't ride, you know? So, uh, you know, one of the dealerships I bought, you know, the previous owners didn't ride, they were just profiteers, you know? And so, um, you know, those local communities know when that's the case, when you're not a rider. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of feel like, hey, you don't really speak to them, right? So, you know, I got into the business just because, um, you know, I'd left a, a corporate life, you know, I helped build some really big tech companies and things and, you know, didn't want to do that anymore. Um, and just said, hey, it's time to pursue some of the passions in life. Um, and one of them is motorcycles and just motorsports in general. And so I had the opportunity to buy something that was relatively close to home. And, uh, you know, we've just taken a different approach to saying, hey, you know, these things can be a benefit to the community. Um, there's, you know, so many things that go well if you build the kind of community side of it in terms mm-hmm. of helping vets out, helping disadvantaged women and children out. Um, helping, you know, first responders out because um, there's just this pool to the brand itself. And if you can, uh, you know, use that dealership to, uh, you know, pull that community together around some of those causes and highlight some of those causes can be a really good thing. So, but community doesn't happen overnight, right? Because, um, you know, it's an investment. It's something that you need to, uh, you know, people, people sniff it out if you're not genuine. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, so, you know, even like a guy like Arnie, um, you know, it's just, Hey man, how can we help you? Like with expecting nothing in return, right? How can we help you? Like, you know, he's, he's a Idaho falls guy. He grew up there. Um, you know, awesome rider, stunt rider, just awesome person, dude. just an awesome person. Yeah. And I think <laughs> we were talking he, he just, uh, he approached us. He wanted to do bagger racing league, you know, had never been on a track. And, um, the league was a little bit vague about some of the requirements to get in. And, uh, one of the things he thought he needed was, uh, you know, Harley Davidson dealership to sponsor him. And so he reached out to us and just said, Hey, you know, I think you need a dealership to sponsor us. You know, you're our hometown dealership. Would you be willing to do that? I don't need anything, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I want you to sponsor me. But I don't, I don't need anything. Yeah. I mean, that's Arnie. I yeah. fucking love him, dude. Yeah. And we were like, hey, we're happy to sponsor you, and we really don't need anything from you either. Let's yeah. just help each other out, you know? Yeah. Like, um, And so, um, you know, Arnie's a pretty good example of what we're trying to do in that regard. And just, you know, they're, again, just trying to help people out, you yeah. know? So, um, so what do you think about Harley pulling out of racing? Like, like you know, and I don't know all the logistics, but... From what I, you know, they pulled out of racing, like their their uh, factory sponsorships. Uh, I don't think they're do- so they're they're supporting Bagger Racing League still. I mean, not, not I mean Bagger Racing, not Bagger Racing League, but they are still supporting Bagger Racing. Like that's a factory. It's factory sponsored. Indian sponsoring a team as well. Um, but, but they pulled out of like flat track racing, right? I think they did, but they're kind of back in it now because there again, it's it's one of those things that kind of helps build community. Um, but no, I mean they're in their second year of sponsored, you know, true like factory sponsored teams in Bagger Racing right now. Really? Yeah, three racers, and uh, you know they're finishing on top of the podium. 
Well, I mean, in that, I guess that makes sense because that's how, you know, racing has been able to survive is <clears throat> showcasing things that companies are selling, yeah. you know, and they're selling baggers. So, well, I think I gave you the example. There's a, a guy that I bumped into at that race that we were helping support Arnie with um, that had worked for Suzuki and he was doing some media stuff for Trask Performance and uh, part of the Motorcycle Industry Council. And he just was saying like, hey, with Suzuki, like, you know, you go over to Europe and, you know, if there's a big race or something like that, you know, people are on the metric bikes, you know, the Japanese bikes or Ducatis or, you know, the MV Agustas and things like that. And they were able to ride to the race. They filled the stadiums up. But then the things that are being raced are the Suzuki's, Yamaha's, Honda's, those types of things. And mm -hmm. people cut, empty the stands. They hop on those things and, and go. And he was given the example of, you know, just like, you know, Daytona Bike Week. You've got like 500,000 people outside, you know, a raceway. And they can only put 3,500 people in the stands for a metric bike race. And it's because people weren't pulling in, you know, to Daytona Bike Week on metric bikes for the most part. Not that they were excluded, but... You know they're pulling in on Harleys and Indians. Hey, they're filling it up for Supercross. Yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> there ain't no Super fucking Harley out there at Supercross, no, and Super they're filling that motherfucker up. Yeah, dude. Supercross is different for sure. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I mean just on the street bikes. But you're side. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think I think they're. Again, I mean, I never go to Daytona, and I'm. I mean, actually, recently now, I'm like, I would love to go see the Daytona 200. You know, or yeah. But bagger racing, if you haven't been to one of them, I mean, it's it's a pretty cool thing, you know. It's you wouldn't expect to see baggers ripping around a track, but there's nothing quite like hearing those big V twins, you know, just hauling down the straightaway. Like I mean, it is goofy. It is. But so is hooligan racing, and I really like doing that. So, it is. I mean, yeah. I, I can't like hate on it, but. And there again, you go and you look at the parking lot and the spectators that are coming. They're on the same bikes that the guys are racing. You yeah. Know? And. Uh, so, you know, if Harley owns roughly 50% of the market here in the U.S., I think, you know, those series have legs. Yeah, it does have legs. Yeah. Especially if it's done right. Yeah. Um, I honestly didn't watch none of the last, any, I just haven't seen any of it. I saw a little clip of, I think, the first one. I guess I've seen Roland Sands guy race. You know, Roland, yeah. if you want to know how to, like, do promotion, Roland Sands is, like, cutting edge with, I mean everything he does. I like he is just fucking good at it. Yeah. He's got a great team. But yeah, so I've seen um fucking I can't even think of his name, dude. What a, I'm an asshole right now. <laughs> Rad dude, I've I've raced with him. Uh he was a hooligan racer. What the fuck is his name? Damn it, Sam. Sam knows his name. Anyways, yeah, I've seen a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. And that dude, those guys have fun doing all their stuff. Yeah. But Arnie, you know, Arnie, Arnie um, has fun too. Arnie had never, had never, uh, been out on a track. Um, you know, he's a great writer, uh, mainly stunt writing. And, uh, you know, he showed up on his 09 street glide. Um, one rotor, supposed to have two. So it pulled to the side when you braked hard. 16, 21. Two, two frames ago, you know, so not as rigid as the current touring frames. And, uh, you know, um, he had, you know, he had people like kind of chuckling at him a little bit because he's on the wrong size wheels and he's on street tires and went to go get some slicks and you didn't have the right si size it's wheels. Hooligan as fuck out. is what that is. It was. And, you know, the cool thing is, though, is that people started rallying around him 
you know, as they saw that, hey, this guy's got some talent. Everybody wants the underdog to win, yeah. dude. And he he embodies what you were talking about. People rolling to the fucking races on their bike and then seeing, like, literally the same kind of bike, same wheels, same tires out there on the track. Yeah. You know, that's that's personal right there. Yeah. He wants so, that guy to win. So as we were running some of our, like, social stuff, you know, uh, uh, I think it was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, if I remember right. But, you know, people, once they realize that, you know, he actually really did well in qualifying, they just start showing up from Idaho Falls, and there ended up being a pretty good group of folks there. And then, That's sick. then it turned into, like, we need to build this guy a bike, you know. We need to build this guy a bike, like, and people want to throw down money to help us build him a bike. So we're going to do that, you know, just to highlight what some of our, our technicians are capable of. And, you know, there again, it's just another way to give back to a cool dude in the community. And, yeah, and it's going to help you out a ton, you know, like yeah. showcasing what your technicians are capable of in the hands of Arnie. Like, Arnie's going to kill it. He you will. Know? He is going to kill it. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to have fun doing it. And he's yeah. going to smile. He's going to be stoked. He has the right attitude. Yeah. And there again, I don't think, you know, there's a handful. I know there's a handful of dealerships that are trying to help support guys. But for the most part, you know, most of them will look at it and say, hey, it's just not worth it. Yeah. And it's like, well, if you're looking at, hey, how many bikes do I sell in the moment because of this one race and what I spent there? Yeah. That's not that's not the way to think about it. No, it's not. It really isn't. But and that's what do I spark interest in some younger kids too that see Arnie out there exactly and that's one thing like you know what companies don't do now because they're all about the end of the fucking quarter number you know instead of thinking ten years from now yeah and I and that brings us back to like getting new riders I don't think there's enough initiative in really working the kids you know like Maryland Stamp has one of the greatest programs ever going the fucking get the the strider bikes in schools yeah and that's the thing i keep I, I just need i need to do that when i get back home i want to go ahead and sponsor a local school you know for a reasonable amount of money i think stride i'm not exactly sure how it works i need to have her on but you know you get bikes in schools and introduce kids at a younger age instead of like you know trying to get that quick sell to somebody who's yeah, so I mean, one of our bigger events in the last two years, like Harley, you know, bought this company Stasic, yeah, that has the little Strider style bikes, but they're so they can be a, just a balanced bike without any power to them, and then they have you know two electric settings, you know, that a parent can toggle um, with a throttle and everything, and um, you know, we we held a couple of events, which I don't think previous ownership would have done, and uh, you know, we started seeing people that we'd never seen at the dealership. And just, you know, we welcome them. No expectation other than like, hey, let's get your kid on a bike. Yeah. You know, let's just well, get him on I a bike. Well, and I think, you know, and I talked about this with my buddy Lance, I think it was, somebody. Like, when you sell a new motorcycle, if you just gave that person a little Strider painted like a Harley where they could give it to their grandkid or their kid, like, you know, that kid's already seeing their... You know, their dad or their granddad on a fucking Harley. And then for them to get, like, you're instilling, like, a, a brand loyalty early on. Like So, funny story. Like, so I've got three little granddaughters. And uh, uh, you're like, stay away from Harleys. No. <laughs> so, so uh, I did that thing with the Strider bikes. Like, I actually had one custom painted when my oldest granddaughter turned two and gave it to her. 
and we're going to do the same thing with the other granddaughters. Yeah. Um, cause it gets them outside, you know, like there's too many kids just sitting behind a screen and that's the world they experience versus, you know, getting, getting away from the screen and getting out there and being active, you know? Um, and that's one way to do it. I mean, I, um, I remember growing up and like, I mean, bicycles, like we rode them everywhere, like everywhere. Yeah. You know, if I want to go all the way across town, I'm hopping on my BMX bike and just going, going. you know? <laughs> um, and uh i have a dream of doing a video with my chopper where i just roll it to my house and throw it down on the ground like i used to do my bicycle in the front yard yep. just get off of it no kickstand just chunk that bitch down on the ground but um but no i i mean you know i think those stasic bikes you know just in terms of you know i think harley's a little bit i think harley's onto something there i mean you think about how many kids grew up like riding honda 50s mm -hmm. things like that and then hey their first PW bike 50s the first bike they get is a honda or something right because that's the brand they're familiar with and so getting to those kids at a young age and having them have a good experience on you know um, something that's got a throttle and just it's great you know i mean i've handed dozens of those things out with no expectation in return other than just i tell them like hey send me a picture of your kid out here enjoying this thing mm -hmm. so i've uh I've gotten pictures of kids like building ramps and things just like we did when we were kids and, you know, building them higher and higher and just launching those things. Oh, yeah. Um, I've got, you know, videos of like, you know, just even little girls that are like, you know, three years old that have an incredible sense of balance just riding them all over their, you know, their yards or their um, neighborhoods and things like that. And that's what it's all about, you know, just getting, getting them out and getting them. What is Harley doing for the future to get a, the new generation involved? Yeah, I mean, um, there again, I think it starts with the Stasic um, bikes. Um, you know, I think you're going to see them do a lot more uh, micro events as well. Um, you know, just trying to get people, um, you know, on a motorcycle. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, um, actually a, a female came up with that, that has been really... Uh, interesting in terms of it's surprising that a female came up with something <laughs> no is no, that no, what no. you're insinuating no 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 no, no. Actually, I'm not, it was I grew, a female I, I grew, can you I, believe I, that no 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 <laughs> i i grew up with four sisters trust me uh, they, they, yeah, they're, they, capable. They, yeah, they're, they're capable they're capable but i mean look this is a male-dominated sport yeah right? no, i, I no, mean no, it just, just is with you. yeah i know you are but um you know there's these uh, <clears> you saw one in the dealership today but there's these jump starts right and it's basically almost like a dyno where you you strap the bike in there, um, and if somebody's never ridden, you can give them you somewhat had one of, of those at the dealership. Yeah, I didn't yeah, see it. just right up front as you come in the front door, oh, right live. there by your flathead. The live, yeah, the live wire is right there. Oh yeah, I was looking at your flathead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're fixing to get to the electric shit. <laughs> That's the reason but, nobody wanted to. Nobody was sure if the Pan American was going to do like we know what happened last time. You dove into something right. different. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, but anyway, somebody can get on one of those and they Fuck, actually... Fuck, I wish I would have done that. The live wire was on that thing? Yeah, and you could just like shift through the gears okay. and stuff. Now, live wire, you're not shifting the gears. You're not? But you could have run it on there. Yeah. So... I would love to just turn what? the throttle on, hear the battery do what it does. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, do you have it on like a big permanent tender since it doesn't move? Uh, I'm just kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> Technically, you could plug it into the wall and Just have it on a permanent there, yeah. tender. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, with Livewire, I think Harley acknowledges that they 
they miss things, particularly in price point, you know, with that bike. Do they um, miss things or do they just jump in a little too soon? Probably a little bit of both. Um, you know, zero motorcycles is, is really, um, you know, growing quickly. Um, you've probably seen this at some of the, uh, the rallies that you've been to, but you know, sometimes there's electric, you know, bike races now, you know, I think, uh, the motor yeah, that's one. like promotional bullshit. That's like a live commercial. I mean, I don't see <laughs> I it being the, like... I think the Moto One show, you know, did an entirely like electric... Oh, yeah. That's, they yeah. got paid to do that. That yeah. was not like a... But... Um, I mean, I assume. I don't know. But they, you know, they're 10 grand more than, than zero when they, they launched that bike. Well, and I don't even get... I don't believe that argument. Because Harley should be... Like, they don't need to be giving this shit away. Like... Not everybody should be able to afford yeah. a Harley. Like yeah. a, th- that argument, I just do not get. Like, but but I, I think they, I, I think they missed on the, there again some of the training. And not every Harley dealership, like in Idaho Falls, like for instance, like it's so spread out. You know, um, there's farming community all around the Idaho Falls area. There's very few charging stations, so that bike's just not viable up here. No, it's not viable anywhere. I mean, Harley's a touring company, yeah. right? You, you get these bikes to tour. Okay. So what they're doing with it now, you probably heard, is no, they're, they're I have uh, not heard what they're doing with it. So they dropped the price point. Oh, they're still selling them. They're still selling them. Oh god! And okay, they yeah, spun they spun them out into their own brand. So it's called the Livewire oh, brand. Hear this, okay? And then they're setting up um, their own, basically kind of like what Tesla's done, where they've got you know a Livewire like own store with trained folks to sell it in markets like L.A. Um, Austin. No, not they're not going to do that. They can't do that in Austin. So maybe not Austin. I know LA's one. New York. Well, my dad makes sure that you can't, the Tesla can't even fucking sell in Texas. Yeah, I know we had a big issue in Utah with it too. But yeah, manufacturer, like you can't cut out the middleman. Yeah. Like, you know, if you let them do that, they're, they're just going to end up replacing you. Yeah, that's what yeah. they're trying to do in some regards. Yeah, so. that's exactly what they're trying to do. I mean, Ford's you got to get together with some people and keep that shit down, yeah, out Ford, of there. Ford's going down that path where it's just special order in the cars, you know. So what do the dealers do with all their big lots? I mean, okay, that, that brings us to something. I try to have this car. My dad's a car dealer. Yeah. You know, and he is. He's a car dealer. He's a good one. He's a real good one. He's. I mean, one thing that he taught me is like, you know, the car business can be real fucking crooked. Yeah. But here's the deal. Everybody needs a fucking car. Yep. If you just treat people right, like you don't have to make a bunch of money off one sale. Like yep. they're coming back for more, right? So you yeah. just it'll wear just out at some pe- point. Yeah. Yeah. You just do people right. They've got friends. They got family. Yeah. Like you don't have to make all your money on one sale. Yep. You, know, you just do it to stay in business, and it, it works out great. And he's done really well. I mean, everybody that ever has ever met my dad loves him. Loves doing business with him. And uh, but anyways. So onto this Tesla thing. He fucking hates Elon Musk. Like yeah. and he won't say he hates him, but you can just see his skin like start to boil when you start talking about his face starts twitching. He's just like, oh. But I know it's because of you know the way he's modeling his business, you know, fucking takes out the middleman, which is the yeah. dealer. Yeah. And the, you know, I had this conversation with my dad, like, okay, well, here's the deal. The internet. You know, showed up in like 99, isn't that? The malls left shortly after that. Like, the internet is changing things, right? Yeah, yeah it really is. And either you're going to you're gonna get closed down like the stores in the mall, or you got to figure out a way to like evolve with it. And he's just like, 
you're not in the car business. Like, I'm just going to keep fighting until I'm not here. You know, but there's got to be another step because that's where it's going. Yeah. Like, it's got, like, don't you see, like. Yeah, I mean, even even right now, like I said, the dealership level, I mean, we have, you know, a bunch of digital tools and stuff that are focused on, you know, awareness of you know, the dealership side, the brand, those types of things. And then ultimately getting into like lead capture, right? Somebody giving us their information saying, Hey, I'm interested in a Pan Am or something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, both of my dealerships, um, about 50, just over 50% of our sales right now start digitally. Yeah. You know, where people don't want to talk to anybody. They just want to text. They want an email. They may want a phone call. But um, they're trying to kind of cut, you know, well, it, it some of the sales experience that out. That's how all their other experiences are going. And then when they're not, when they do go to a store and they ask somebody about something, you know, go to Best Buy and ask somebody about, like, they just have to Google it. It used to be you could go get, like, good opinions and information from salespeople. But yeah. now it's like. But what we found with the, the motorcycle community that's really interesting is, um, and I've seen this in some other tech businesses that I've helped build is like, you know, there's, there's a, a generation coming up right now that that's all they've really known is purchasing that right, way. Right. And so, but if they're thinking about buying a motorcycle, what they're really trying, a lot of them are really trying to do too, is they're like, Hey, is this my tribe? Is, right. Is this, and that's, that's one thing that you can offer to the motor company is like, you're an extension of the branding, you yep. know, and you represent them, uh, yeah, exactly. So we do like, you know, staff profiles, things like that. Um, we're, we're investing pretty heavily in video content, as you know, um, just so people can, you know, understand who we are, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they can decide, hey, yeah, that's not my tribe. I don't relate to them. That's their prerogative. Um, but we're at least giving them an opportunity without having to cross the threshold of the store, which can be an uncomfortable thing for people, right? Cause you don't know, Hey, am I going to be accepted here? Somebody going to try and tackle me and like put me on a bike, <laughs> you know? Um, but you know, we're, we're trying to just say, hey. I see, I'm, I like that. <laughs> I, I like, like, I want it to be intimidating. Yeah. You know, it just weeds out some people, you know, but that's just, but some people that's why don't, I'm not like, a very successful person. What, what? <laughs> some people like that fight, right? Yeah, like, like, yeah. But, you know, we'll get people that just reach out like on Instagram, like direct message or Facebook direct message or, you know, in the comment section of, you know, our YouTube channel. And they're just trying to understand who we are. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, so we, we've taken an approach where it's just like, hey, we're going to meet the people where they want to meet us. Um, so if it's digitally, if that's where they want to meet us, we're going to meet them there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're, we're getting into, um, you know, doing little micro events too, um, whether it's, you know, getting out for some county event or, um, you know, Bikers Against Bullies or whatever it is, right? And just get out there and give us, you know, give people a, an opportunity to interface with us in some way. Um, without all the pressure of like, Hey, you need to buy a bike right yeah, now. Come in the dealership. Come in the dealership. I'll never forget one time I was riding my bike through, uh, the Metroplex. And my dad, he owns a key dealership and he, he approaches things totally different than this dealership I saw. But these motherfuckers, it was like a Saturday morning or something. They came out of the, like, I just saw all the salesmen. They must've left like a pep rally. Dude, they came out like hooting and hollered. I saw fist pumping, dude. They were out there ready to just you know, jump on anybody that walked on that lot. 
Yeah. Uh, which was fucking, it was awesome to see, but I, was like, <laughs> I would have hated to be going to buy a car up there that day, you know? What is it going to take for you to ride home on this thing today? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, no, I mean, we, we've just taken an approach where it's like, hey, like, come hang out with us, you know? I, I think I was telling you, we, you know, we have some customer. We literally have a guy that comes in every single day. Yeah. Grabs a cup of coffee plays the pinball game, yeah. just likes to be part of the community, right? And likes to hang out. And we, we welcome him. Like, well, And that's one thing that Harley has done. You know, they've killed that aspect. Yeah. And that's one thing, back to this Pan America, was one of the selling points to me. Because I was, I was going to go buy BMW. You know, BMW let me ride their fucking baddest machine, and I was sold. I was like, dude, I'm fucking getting one. But then I start thinking about what are you your know, chopper friends gonna say with you? I don't a BMW. give a fuck what anybody <laughs> says. Like once again, that's why I'm not okay. Like I wasn't making this decision. Like that bike's fucking bad. But yeah. you know, I'm like, and you know, I see that they have a network as well. Like yeah. they have a community. They do. They do. BMW is the only other brand that has anything remotely close to what Harley has. Have you seen somebody with a BMW tattoo? Yeah, unfortunately. Have you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but those kind of people don't get tattoos, so yeah. that's not even a valid <laughs> argument, okay? Like, no, they have a patch or, like, they don't yeah. even have a patch. They have, like, a Velcro thing or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm not trying to bag on BMW. I, right? You are, yeah. though. I heard you. <laughs> uh, but then I started thinking, like, you know, touring the world on a BMW. Yeah. There's BMW dealerships all over the world. There There's are. help yeah. everywhere. Harley's got the same fucking thing going. Yeah. And I hope that there's people around the world like you yeah. that are investing in the future of the, the the adventure touring market, you know, that are yeah. that are gonna be helpful when I fucking break down in Brazil. Yeah. You know, that their their mechanics are gonna be you know, there's gonna be that network. Whether you know, even if they're not cap- maybe they haven't seen a bunch, I know that They've got a direct reach to the people that make the parts on my bike where I'll be able to get help in crazy places. Absolutely. And I like that aspect of yeah. it. You know, they have, you know, and they did a real good job in the promotional video they did with Aquaman, you know, like, yeah. hey, we've always been in this game, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, you guys want to go on dirt too? Okay, we can go that direction, you know, but we've always been in the adventure market. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer. I've been, my adventure bike has been in 1959 chopper for a minute and i've taken that places most people will never take any kind of adventure bike and well yeah i mean i've been successful i mean it goes all the way back to the early motorcycles i mean even that wla that you saw in my shop like you know um when they put that that out there wasn't a bunch of paved roads no and that helped you know that helped win world war ii as well right and those guys were running those things everywhere yeah you know um and uh even before that dude the first harley davidson in a war general blackjack pershing fighting poncho via down on the mexican border he got some jds outfitted them with sidecars and fucking machine guns (laughs) there wasn't they weren't riding those on paved motherfucking roads no no they were riding those things through west texas arizona new mexico and mexico yeah fighting off poncho via yeah. On Harleys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have been in this game for a long time. They have. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned BMW's dealer network. They're great. Um, 
hardly, especially in North America, I mean, you've got six to have 700 dealerships, right? So you're not that far away at any point in time if you have an issue. The one thing there. I did run into, we did have an issue at the beginning of this trip. And we're like looking up Harley dealers, like, fuck, we need a clutch, who's got it? We find this Harley Davidson dealership in Silverton. Oh, yeah. And it's a t-shirt <laughs> shop. Oh, yeah, it's a fucking t-shirt <laughs> shop. I was like, we were fixing to just go there, you know? Because like, yeah. we run into problems before they're open. I'm like, dude, let's just make our way to Silverton. Yeah. And you're like, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> the t-shirt's not going like, to help wait, us Let's out pull here. over here because we can call them and... Yeah, it's a fucking T-shirt shop. They're like, we can't help you unless you need. Can you fix it with a T-shirt? I'm like, you motherfuckers. We run into that in our Jackson store too. I bet you, know? you do. Yeah. Can you at least like get parts shipped there if somebody like needs something? Well, or? it's part of our it's part of our overall market, and so you know we actually you know kind of go the extra mile, and we've we've gone all the way up there and, and grabbed down riders, you know. Um, loaded their bikes up, brought them down to the dealership in Idaho Falls and helped them out. Nice. Um, we carry a few small parts up there too. So if somebody wants to drop their oil up there, they can do that. Um, you know, we get asked all the time, like, hey, like, why don't you own, open a full service dealership up here? Um, and Silverton's kind of the same way. It's just, you know, season's so short and real estate's crazy so high. fucking high. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I get it, you know. Yeah. I like just like those guys from the hotel. They went to your place today and bought t-shirts. You know, they like did. that's that's what people do. They want the fucking t-shirt with the the location of the Harley dealer. Poker they went chips and, saw. and, and the challenge Poker points. chips is great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I love about my MC shop tees. And one thing that I do on all of them is the name of the shop and where they're from. You yeah. know, like even if you haven't been there, like you're, you know, it, it, I don't know that the place the the place of where, I, I don't know, I like to showcase that as well. Yeah, I mean, we get, I mean, the Harley community is really interesting in that regard, too, because there again, that's, you know, riding, riding a motorcycle is an experience, right? And so, you know, Harley a long time ago figured out the whole merchandising thing where it's like, you know, people are trying to memorialize that experience, that event that they had, and a t-shirt or some sort of a souvenir is a way to do it. So, you know, there's there's people every year that try and hit every single Harley dealership in North America where they'll go out of their way if they're in a foreign country to go get a T-shirt or some, you know, poker chip or a token of, you know, hey, I went there. I saw it. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a cool thing. I yeah. mean, how many fucking T-shirts do you guys sell? Thousands. Thousands, thousands of, t-shirts. of T-shirts. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Um, now, how does that work? Can you Can you come up with your own? Jackson yeah. t-shirt of your Idaho Falls? Does it have to get cleared with headquarters for you to put the bar and shield on it? Or are you just you owning a franchise gives you permission? How does that work? Yeah, you probably already know the answer here. If you're going to put the bar and shield on it, there has to be some sign off. But they, they um, you know, they're, they're really flexible with us, though. Um, and so, you know, they have a couple of suppliers that they work with um, on the t-shirt side that have artists on staff. And you can work through a concept with them and then uh, with the t-shirt company and then they'll submit it for approval to Harley Davidson and iterate a bit and then yeah you have your own shirts so but then at that point I bet do they offer that design to other country or other they shops don't. it's just yours it's ours yeah that's we cool. pay for it yeah. yeah yeah so that's been one of the fun things you know um, 
uh, like I say, when I left the corporate world, one of the things I wanted to do was work a little bit more with my kids, you know, because I was on the road all the time. And so, um, you know, I've got a son that's really into graphic art. He helped design, you know, core logos for all of our shops. That's awesome. I had a daughter that uh, helped design one of the backs of the T-shirts conceptually. And um, it's one of our best sellers in our Idaho Falls store now. And, you know, so the kids see in their, some of their stuff and their ideas getting out there and, you know, people wearing it. It's, it's been pretty fun for That's them. That's awesome. Yeah. So now as far as the aftermarket parts go yeah. in your store, <clears throat> right now do you offer... Can you offer? Can you bring in any aftermarket parts you want and sell them on your shelves, or is there like a? Yeah, no, we can. Um, you know, Harley um, does monitor. Um, you know, like what percentage of you know general merchandise and parts that okay, you're so selling? Like that's, a percentage you got to meet. Yeah, on their side, and they set targets for us on you know screaming eagle components or their own you know licensed merchandise and things. We never have a problem hitting those things, but you know. Um, We've we've done things there again just to try and appeal to the broader community where it's like, hey, we're a Biltwell dealer in Idaho Falls. We've re reached out to Dixon to try and become you know a Dixon flannel dealer. Dixon's having a hard time making shirts right now, but they're real quality stuff, right? Um, and um, you know we can get anything through like drag, you know, specialties. Um, we do even on my own bikes, you know, I. I've, I've done stuff with Trask, I've done SNS, I've done Vance and Hines, uh, I've got, you know, Thunder Max. Like, I, I've got just tons of different stuff that I've done. And uh, and you offer all that stuff as well? Yeah. If somebody wants it. Yeah, yeah. So Roland now... Sands is another one. Like, you know, we've, um, parts have been hard to get, but, um, you know, um, we've got uh, a Roland Sands, like, King build that we're going to do just to highlight some of the Roland Sands product as well. Nice. Wheels, you know, air cleaner, bars, all that kind of stuff. parts. Yeah. 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 What about, uh, so, and I don't know how this works with like <clears throat> the BMW dealerships or the KTM ones, but as far as aftermarket for this Pan America. Yeah. I feel like I'm really stoked to see, you know, who decides to make parts, what they decide to make to customize it. Cause that's one thing that Harley riders like to do is. Yeah. You know, at least they used to. Now it seems like the black street glide as far as they go. Yeah. But, it's, <laughs> you know, I guess they have a lot of bolts-on accessories. Uh, but, like, how do you see that going in your story? Are you going to try and bring in, like, Absolutely. we talked about Moscow bags. You know, yeah. like, they already have a black and orange bag set up for the KTMs that I imagine people are going to. I'm going to look at putting them on my yeah. bike. Uh, yeah, I mean, I personally, you know, um, there again, as we talked just a couple of days ago, like I was, you know, um, I I like trying out gear so I can recommend it, right? Whether it's Harley or not, right? Like yeah. just so, you know, people dif have different like usage needs. And so, you know, I want to be able to recommend stuff that, you know, I've put to the test. Um, and, uh, you know, adventure motorcycling, like there's tons of innovation going on um, in the aftermarket well, as well, yeah, just the all over the place. Queer leaders is the fucking adventure guys. Like, it that's, is. Well, and that's the thing is most other adventure bikes, like, that's the extent of how you customize it, is what kind of bags, where you put your bags, you know, like lights. And, you know, that's pretty much as far as it goes. GPS, phone mounts, all that oh, kind yeah, of the, stuff. Oh, yeah, the handlebars. Yeah. Handlebars. Fucking stuff. Tires, like wheels, like they'll get into all sorts of things. 
um, lighting. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it'll take a while for the aftermarket to catch up. Um, you know, I've seen tons of stuff out there where people are doing R&D now that the bikes are in the wild. Um, and they've gotten their hand on hands on the bike and, and making stuff for it. Some of the easier stuff is already starting to come out, like seats. You know, like Corbin's got seats that they'll sell that. already. Um, I might actually check some of those out because they're supposed to be pretty comfortable, um, real functional. I mean, I fucking love this seat. Now, yeah, coming from a rigid chopper, that's not really saying a lot. But <laughs> it's like a sofa for you. <laughs> it is like a I mean, there's fucking options up, down. I mean... Yeah. You know, yeah. it doesn't have a backrest on it, but I, you know, but what's, yeah. what's your, what are you looking forward to most to see somebody innovate for your bike right now? Uh, for the Pan America, um, we talked a little bit about fenders. Um, I, I think, uh, some of the off-road protection type stuff. I mean, there's some high quality stuff that Harley got right out of the gate. You know, they went to some, uh, like SW Motec on bags and things like that. Now I know some people are really pissed off cause it's like, Hey, Harley made their own proprietary stuff, so you can't go to SW Motec and get it, right? Um, but No, I didn't know that. They I don't did. even know what SW Motec so is. So SW Motec made the bags, like these aluminum bags, or paneers. They're not paneers. No. <laughs> bags. We're not going there, dude. <laughs> I already fucking had this talk. It's a Harley. Those are saddlebags. They're I don't bags. care if they're soft they're or hard. <laughs> did you call your saddlebags on your Road King fucking paneers? No. What's the difference? <laughs> no. But... Uh, um, anyway, um, you know, they're, they're a high quality manufacturer. Yeah. I mean, they make a lot of stuff for BMW. They make a lot of stuff for KTM. They even do Suzuki and Yamaha stuff. Um, you know, but they're not co-branded with those guys. You buy them from, you have to buy them from Harley. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the other brands, yeah, they're That's... not co-branded. So there's not, not a universal kit that you can put on this. Like you can't go to SMB Motec and say, Hey, I want a universal kit that'll fit a Harley. It just won't. Well, I mean, I find that hard to believe because the bag rails themselves, I mean, those they are pretty similar. They made them just a little bit different in terms of just the measurements and the bungs that are on there. Oh, like dicks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, okay, yeah, that's a you know, small complaint. I don't know. Um, you know, mirrors, handlebars, like I, I really do like start focusing on comfort, you know, for some of the longer hauls. I don't think the geometry is quite right for me like i'm six six and uh so you know the handlebars you know once the aftermarket catches up there a little bit i'll probably do something on that front where are you going uh, up up further up or? a little bit further yeah so what about you got the taller risers yeah they're two did you inches. not just put the rocks i put rocks on one of my bikes well i mean the rocks on the taller risers yeah would that not solve your problem but then it might be too high <laughs> yeah i don't know that your wires will go that far yeah you'd have to get more cables and everything so um, you know, I, on my other bikes, um, I usually do a lot of suspension work on them as well. Uh, these have Showa's on them, which Showa's okay. Um, just okay. You're saying that this suspension is just okay. Is just that what okay. Just okay. All right. So once you ride on an Olin suspension. <laughs> really? Olin's? Olin's. Yeah. Olin's has a lot of racing suspension. Um, they're starting to make a lot of stuff for the soft tails, uh, the touring frames and things like that now. And uh, there's a night and day difference between stock suspension and Olin's. Uh, Legends is also, you probably saw Legends out in Sturgis. They're making a big splash in the Harley community, uh, you know, for a lot of the bikes. Yeah, yeah. I, I met somebody with some brand new Legends suspension. And they blew them out. 
He blew him out? <laughs> yeah, fucking first trip with his wife, dude. They hit a bump. They fucking exploded. Oh, that's not good. No. But, um, yeah. Well, my buddy King Tony swears by legends, and he's a riding motherfucker, so. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm a big Olin's guy. Like, I've, I've done some high-performance <laughs> driving and stuff like that, too, and Olin's, Olin's is, uh, makes a lot of cool race stuff, so. So Show is good. This, do you no, think no, that, don't get me wrong. This is good. Do like, you think they're going to come out with like a full set of legs or it's just going to be inserts or both? Yeah, it'll be interesting because, you know, my these have adaptive ride heights. So it'll be interesting to see, yeah. you know, what kind of options are there. And it's no discredit to Showa. Showa makes some nice stuff. It's just there's levels, right? Like on anything, there's just different levels that you can get yeah. depending on how you're going to use it. You thing. know, considering what I've done with mine so far, I don't fucking know what else you could do to that thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you could add some I mean, more travel to it. <laughs> I, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. But so the adaptive ride height. Yeah. I didn't get in on mine. I was like, that's just something else that can break. There's already a lot of fucking shit that I have nothing to, no clue how to deal with. Yeah. That's just something else. It seems like a luxury I don't really need. Yeah. And then I ride my buddies and I'm like, fuck, this is cool. This is real fucking cool, you know? Yeah. Uh but practical, I don't know. Cause like when I was bouncing through those fucking boulders, I wasn't going real fast. Yeah. Would the bike have lowered and made me bottom out even sooner because I was going slow? I don't think so. And you know, you can actually turn the adaptive ride height off. When you um, come to a stop. See, I didn't come to a stop before I hit the boulders. Okay, yeah. so I, things like that out the window. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you play with some of the customization um, side of these bikes, you can dial it in the way that you want, including the adaptive ride height. So if it's something that, you know, you don't really care for or like, um, you can set a delay so it doesn't do it. You can just turn it off if you want to, I think. Um, well, see, what I like is the modes, okay? Yeah. You can flip through the modes while you're going down the road. Yep. Is there a way I can set a mode up to have the anti-lock brakes off and the traction control off? You can instead do instead of coming mode. to a stop and turning that shit off. You can do custom modes. So you have two options to do your own custom modes. Yeah, but in those custom modes, do I still have to hold down a button while I'm not going anywhere to turn off the anti-lock brakes? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, have you played with those modes? I mean, have you customized one yet? Yeah, I've customized one on this particular bike, um, and it was throttle response and the engine braking. And I okay. love it. Yeah. So, because I love, I love sport mode. You probably saw that today. I, yeah. I love sport mode. Um, not when I'm off-road, but um, so there are a few different things that I did with sport mode just to give me a, the throttle response I want and then certain engine braking too. Well, now, what engine braking now? When you let go of the throttle, it yeah. just low, goes slower or... Yeah, like it, 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 the, like, the engine becomes something that starts slowing your bike down for okay. you. Yeah. Instead of it just free rolling. Yeah, yeah. I can help you out with your modes. No, fuck no. <laughs> I, I can ride any mode anywhere because, you know, whatever. It's pretty insane. But I do find that if I'm going to be riding really aggressive... That sport mode, it's great. It's a little bit too snappy of a throttle. Yep. But the suspension doesn't bottom out as much. Yep. Because it's stiffer, you know, like it doesn't. When I hit a jump, I don't just bam, you know, like it's it, it's harder to compress. And on mine, you know, yours doesn't have this option because it's all computerized. But I can tell it 
you know, single rider, passenger or single rider with cargo. Yep. And the guy, the engineer I talked to, he was like, oh, none of that shit matters. And I'm like, well, yeah, it does. And for my experience riding the bike, when I tell it that it's me and my wife, it doesn't bottom out as much when I hit a jump. Yep. Uh, instead of letting, because it also has an auto where it just does it on its own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's supposed to, what, adjust to 30% sag, no matter, like, you know, if I gain 30 pounds. Yeah. Or after I take a shit and I lose 30 pounds, <laughs> it, right. it, it adjusts when I get back on it. After dinner last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've eaten well, right? Oh, dude, yeah. We have eaten well. Yeah. We're fixing to eat well again. Yeah, the, the modes thing, I mean, I'm still, dude, I came from a fucking chopper that's yeah. like old as shit. Like, this is all so advanced that. But you can feel the change. It's not just something where oh, it's no, like. What's funny is if you hold the throttle in one spot and flip through, it'll, you, you can, can feel, feel the change without turning the throttle. Yeah. Like it. The engine mapping is totally different. And then, like I say, that rain mode too, it's like, you know, they, it, you know, you'd really feel it there because it, it does cut the engine back. Yeah. Um, but should make the bike a lot more approachable for folks too. And one thing I do like about the adaptive ride height is, you know, um, the adventure motorcycling category, like, you know, you got you have to have a pretty tall inseam to get on some of these bikes. I mean, the new KTM you, 1290 Super Duke. That's because people don't know how to get on a motorcycle. It's just like a horse. Hey, <laughs> how do people get on horses? Do they have giant inseams? Okay. They stick their fucking foot in the stirrup and throw their leg over. <laughs> right. If you stick your foot on the peg and throw your leg over, you can get on a really tall motorcycle. You might not this, be able to get off of it without falling down, though, is the problem. Well, if you use the peg again <laughs> to get swing off. I've seen you do it. You've done it. Yeah. People but just don't know how to do it. And, yeah. The 1290 Super Adventure, though, has a 35-inch seat height, right? Yeah. So, you know, you're a taller guy. You'd be able to ride that just fine. But somebody that's like 5'6", five, 5'7", five, they're not getting their feet down. Oh, when they come to a stop? Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, man, man, they should just stick to, like, step-through scooters. You know? <laughs> that's, like, <right. laughs> that's You can't cater to everybody. No, but you're right. I mean, that is a big thing that, yeah. I mean, it was funny to see how much they pushed that as, like, you know, I guess it is nobody's surprising it that yet. nobody's done it before. Yeah. Uh, and it, I can see how it makes it a lot more uh, accessible to people who are shorter. Because yeah. there are, I guess there are short people out there. Yeah. I don't see them. My line of vision is just... <laughs> over the bit, top yeah, of them. over the top. <laughs> I forget that they're there sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I mean, and so, you know, you're seeing women get on these too, you know. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Who is going to make us sandwiches if they're all out riding fucking Pan Americas, <laughs> dude? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just can't resist myself. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you are. And that's, I mean, the women are fucking capable of doing anything. Absolutely. Uh, and there's tall women out there too. So, you know, and there's a lot of short women out there. Yeah. It's funny seeing my wife get on it, you know. She actually gets on there with you? Well, I guess I don't ever see it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she gets on it. I don't know what she's doing, but that fucker moves a lot. I'm like having to balance it. It's not like my chopper. Yeah. It's a little easier to get on. My chopper's a little easier for her to get on. Yeah. She didn't like it at first at all. Huh. The first ride. She's like, get me off this thing? I was going to, well, and I was going to take her 
on a fucking ride, too. I was going <laughs> to blast down the fucking... I was like, check this out. We got a push-button bike. We're fixing to ride six hours in, like, you know, we're going to ride a, six hours, you know, one <laughs> gas stop. And uh, and after about fucking 30 minutes, she was like, no Get me way. off of this. <laughs> no fucking way. But I changed... Uh, what did I do? I don't know what I did. I didn't really do anything, I guess. But the next time she wrote it, she was okay with it. She just didn't like, she was sitting up so high in the air. She was taking all the wind in her head. Oh, there's probably some buffeting uh, back there, too. Uh, and she didn't like that. You know, my chopper, she's just like leaning on the sissy bar. She can fucking go to sleep and shit. Yeah. You know, the, the options aren't there. And I don't let her just like hug up all on me. Like, fucking woman, we're in Texas. It's hot <laughs> enough, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, so where to next? Where where are you taking yours next? South. Um, headed home now. I'm going to go through Utah, maybe hit a little bit of the BDR, scout that out, and meet the family in New Mexico. And as far as next big trip... You're going four corners, right? Yeah, it's not that's a big not a trip. big trip. No, I'm taking the family. I'm going to trailer yeah. shit up there, hang out. Uh, unless you go to the back forty, you won't see me. Because uh, I, I mean, what? Where are you even going? Like, what is the like? What's the Four Corners route? Like, I hear people say that, but like, is there a central meeting location? There is, there is like, not. Is there like? <laughs> is there, where is the Four Corners rally officially? Durango. Dur- is it? Yeah. Oh, I never saw anything in Durango last time. I was, but I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. That's what I was asking. It is in. It's in Durango area. Yeah, I think they're doing the bike show um, at the Harley dealer there in Durango. Okay. Uh, hill climbs are just outside of town. They're doing hill climbs? Yeah. Really? Where at? I'm not sure yet. I need to look at it, but I know they're doing hill climbs. They are doing hill climbs because yeah. that was fucking sick. God damn it. I might have to hill climb the Pan America. Joint rolling contest at 420 every day. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about all that. <laughs> There's this motorcycle event they have in Texas. They have a fucking blowjob competition, dude. No, no way. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Yeah, they do. I mean, they call it a bike rally, but it's it's a fucking fetish show. Who's the um, judge for that? I don't I have no fuck. <laughs> Never been to that one. But I feel about the same way about a joint rolling contest at the bike rally as I do a blowjob contest at the bike rally. <laughs> okay. Uh Fuck, there was something else I was going to ask you, and you started talking about rolling joints, and I started talking about blowjobs. And I don't know what it was. Oh, Durant. Oh, what I'm going to do next. Yeah. Next big thing. So originally, I was going to go do one of my Mexico trips. Like go, one of the ones I've already done on the chopper. Like go down to Batopilas, which is down at the bottom of Copper Canyon, and ride the dirt roads. Like go further than I went on my chopper. Which is a great idea, and I might do that. But riding the BDR through Colorado has got me thinking, I kind of want to do all the BDRs. That'd be cool. And there's one in Arkansas, and there's one in New Mexico. Yeah. The one in New Mexico, I think I could, I think it's, I don't know, that's probably not doable before the year's over. There's probably not any of them that are doable before the year's over. I mean, obviously they're doable, 
but comfortably without fucking freezing my dick off camping. Right. I think Arkansas may be the one I could do. And to do Arkansas in the winter is probably the best move because, dude, the bugs in Arkansas fucking suck. You know, like, the riding's amazing, but camping in Arkansas, dude, nah. <laughs> Big old dude, blood suckers. <laughs> dude, there's, nah, there's, there's a mosquito, that's. That's small potatoes. They got fucking ticks, <laughs> scorpions. Like, there's just, you know, just nuisances. Like, you can't even get a hotel room without fucking scorpions in Arkansas. <laughs> like, so I'm thinking the winter time. Yeah. Uh, maybe do that. I got a race coming up that I'm pretty stoked about uh, from Austin, Texas to Oaxaca, Mexico. Wow. Called the Mezcal Moto Rally. Yeah. And it's not really like a speed race. It's more of like uh, who can have the most fun and see the most shit. Yeah. More like a scavenger hunt type thing. Cool. So I think I'm going to plan a trip around that because once I go to Oaxaca, I'm probably not just going to come straight home. Yeah. And really, I was not making plans because I wasn't sure if this bike was going to be worth making plans with. And it is. And now I'm coming to the realization that, you know, I can make some fucking serious plans at this point. Absolutely. You know, I've run into a couple minute situations that haven't even really been situations, just little learning curves. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the starter issue. Have you guys been having that at all? Like every once in a while you turn it on and it doesn't start and you just turn it off. And turn it back on a couple times or let it sit and it does do that. Yeah, one of the two bikes we had that happen, yeah. 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 So Which But I think this last update did it take care of it. Might have taken care of it, yeah. Um, you know, that happens every once in a while. You know, and it it never even concerned me because I'd seen so many people gripe about it on the internet and their story always ends with I let it sit for a little bit and then it started working again. So Never, even when I was in some fucking sketchy places and it did it, I was like, you know, whatever, I'll smoke a cigarette and then it would work every time. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, you know, some weird suspension shit, but nothing that's like even come remotely close from stopping me from going places. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's now I'm starting to look at plans and seeing who else has one wants to go on some trips and figuring out a way to document it better right you know uh you know the audio the little gopro on my chest is sweet i you know i always think oh i'm gonna go set the gopro up and like get some shots of me and the bike doing shit but i don't do that i'm not you know like i'm just not gonna do that i'm not type to like do that and i wonder even if i have a camera guy like he's gonna have to be telling me what to do you know like hey fucking stop i'm going ahead or do that section again it's gonna have to be like a you experienced a little bit of that today right yeah i know and it was like yeah maybe i will just do my gopro on my chest yeah no it's not terrible but and i know that people would enjoy it and uh you know i got this bike as a way to give back yeah it sounds crazy right i convinced myself to get a brand new motorcycle as a way to give back yeah (laughs) well no you're taking it to places that people might not otherwise well see. and that's another thing like yeah. hey i'm a good person if i i'm a good person to test this shit you know if it yeah. fucking survives me more than likely you can do whatever you want on it yeah. you know so yeah i don't know what the future holds what the future hold for you i know you had a yeah. big trip that 
didn't quite work out or you got anything else that you're going to try and string together? Yeah. So we're, um, uh, I'd like to do the BDR, um, trails as well. So I bought all the Butler maps and so I, good. I'm a big, I, Dude, the he, fucking Butler map, the way it's set up is so fucking like that I, one bar where it's got all the altitudes and yeah. passes and ga- like, mileage. And, and I know we've got all the GPS equipment and stuff now too, but I don't know. There's something where I've had times where like the GPS won't connect or anything. And I just, I love having the map and I'll pull it out and I'll figure out where I'm at and it's able, I'm able to get through it. So I picked up all the, all the Butler maps. That you have know how the many BDR fucking stuff. sweet people I met because I had to pull out my map? Yeah. Stop and be like, Hey, is this where I'm fucking at? Do you know, like, and met some great people and they're like, Hey, you know that you can get a GPS. And I'm like, dude, I wouldn't have met you if I had that shit. I had to pull out my map and meet you. And they're all like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, uh, Definitely want to do the BDR stuff. We're trying to put a, together a, a rally uh, before the end of the year, too, here in Idaho Falls. Um, you know, there's not too many Pan Americas out in the wild, so it's just going to be an adventure bike rally, right? And just mm-hmm. We just want to, like, you know, put the stake in the ground and, and start that. Um, uh, wife's wanting to get out on another just road trip as well before the end of the year. Um, we were wanting to do Banff th- uh, this year, but with all the restrictions going across the border... What's up in Canada. Banff? So oh, Banff Canada. is a national park up in uh, Canada. There's always restrictions for me in Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but we want to do that. We did the Pacific Coast Highway this year, which is a ton of fun. Together, we usually get out on our anniversary and go go for a lengthier trip. Um, but uh, I've got a buddy trying to talk me into going down and doing Baja with him, um, and taking the Pan America down there to do that. Um, problem is he's going to be on a lighter dirt bike so i don't know if i want to go follow him because he's one of those buddies that just takes into these like really crazy areas and i've ridden with him before and i usually can hang with him but if he's on a bike that's 300 pounds and i'm on this thing yeah make him take your other one dude yeah i should that'll that'll be the equalizer yeah you should (laughs) be like hey i'll go with you but you got to ride this other fucking 700 pound fucking dirt bike (laughs) and he he was crazy he was wanting initially to do it in july and i'm like do you know what the temperatures are like in baja in july like you're fucking nuts to go want to go in july and do that but uh so he's he's trying to get that on the calendar but uh i did in april and it was hot one of the one of the things i really want to do before too much more time goes to and it'll be probably something next year that i do is I want to I want to do a cross country trip and hit every single state. Not just like drive through the state, but hit some like meaningful place in every state across the country. Like all 48? Yep. All 48. In one trip. In one trip. Why would you want to do that? Cuz it's fun. <laughs> It'd be fun. Yeah. It would be fun. That's a lot of riding in one time. It's like three months, you know. It could take like, unless you just power through it all. Yeah. But I think that's where, you know, there again, if you pick out something like, hey, I got to go to a national park or a national monument or something meaningful in that state, it, it slows you down. Well, and I find it's always good to have like a destination to some degree, you know, even if it changes along the way, but like an end point. Yeah. You know, even if it is, even if it's just like the end point for that state, then you got the next one. Small goals to obtain in each place that'd be fun yeah i mean i think the bdr thing is 
That's how I'm going to see every state. I want to do, obviously, they're not going to do one in every state, but, dude, the BDRs, they fucking really, really did some research putting, I mean, at least the one in Colorado. Actually, yeah, almost all of them. I mean, you can, uh, there again, like on the Butler maps, they've got this little QR code, and you just can scan it, and you'll see somebody writing it. Like, somebody took the time to take the video of that section so you can kind of understand what you're getting into. I wanted to see it for myself the first time. But the way that they laid that one out as far as like the terrain from day to day, the difficulty, you know, like kind of easy day, the hard day, an easy day, a hard day, you know, like the way they broke it up, seeing all the different kinds of dirt that Colorado, I mean, I was fucking impressed. Yeah. But 48 states in one trip... Yeah. That's a fucking big one. Yeah. I've always wanted to ride Alaska too. So Alaska has a real short season. I, I'm getting to know, I've, I've gotten to know the, uh, the dealer up there as well. And they actually, during Sturgis, since a lot of them don't make it down, they actually have their own event up there. I forget the name of it, but, um, but anyway, there's some amazing scenery up there. Really, really short riding season, but, uh, be a cool place to go out and check things out. I'd like to ride up there and then hunt. Yeah. Right up there, fucking shoot something. Leave my bike and fly home. Maybe not take my bike, take something else. Ride something up there and sell it. Shoot an elk. Come home, shoot a caribou. Shoot something. Catch some fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but no, I mean, we're focused on, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you coming out because we're uh, you know, really, like I say, focused on, you know, trying to build community too. So, um you know, I've got some things in the work works with the uh, the leaders to kind of highlight, you know, women that are getting into motorcycling. Uh, you know, uh, got some daughters that are getting passionate about riding. Um, so, want to help those gals out, um, and uh, you know, much like you've done, going around and just highlighting some of these local shops as well. Right? There's, um, I think. Uh, there's definitely strength in numbers and there's no reason to be adversarial with all those local shops. You get some, you know, incredible crafts, craftsmen and craftswomen. There's actually a lot of, a lot of women there again, getting into building bikes as well now, which is awesome to see. And, you know, we're just trying to, uh, highlight some of that craft and get other people into it. What do you think the small shops are going to do with this? Like, that's one thing I can't wait to talk to my, my local shop back home, you know, like, they, you know, they say, I mean, they work on everything up to M8s. Yeah. Are they going to, but I've never seen a V-Rod in there. You know, like, are they, <laughs> uh, are they, what, are they going to draw the line? Are they going to be like, yeah, we work on Harleys, but we don't work on the fucking adventure Harleys. Or are they going to. I don't think so. I mean, out West, out here, especially there again, so, you know, since these are just different tools, you know, a lot of those uh, guys or gals that run shops, you know, uh, have customers with other bikes that are going to get Pan Americas. Yeah. Or they ride dirt bikes, you know, they grew up riding dirt as well. And so, you know, I, I've got some buddies down in Salt Lake city that run a shop called Salt City builds a couple brothers and they're huge adventure motorcyclists and they'll do anything from, you know, custom chopper builds or, you know, any type of custom bike build. Um, but you know, they default to riding adventure bikes yeah um when they go out well i see that a lot too with some of the guys at harley shops but they don't fucking work on them yeah 
You know, that's why, like, I don't know if they're going <clears> to, <throat> I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what some of the local, sh the smaller shops end up doing. Yeah. Because it's a whole other bit, bit of tooling, training. It is. You know, like, it's not the same. You know, it's not yeah. going to be, like, an easy transition for them. I mean, you're seeing that with the shot Harley Davidson dealerships. Like, yeah. they don't even have, a, a, like, not all of them have some great of, training. They've not all know. of them have put the effort into it or... Yeah. Even if they have, you know, they had they don't have bikes to work on. Yeah, because they're, they're you all know, sold out. <laughs> yeah, they just they're sold out, and people aren't fucking breaking them yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, but um, you know, it's it's cool to see. You know, there again, I, I know we were talking about this last night. It's kind of kind of feels like right now that. You know, things are similar. Not that I was alive in the late 60s, <laughs> but what I've read about, you know, late 60s, early 70s, feels like, you know, there's some similar things going on in the motorcycle community right now in terms of, you know, people, you know, doing their own builds, learning the craft, um, piecing bikes together and just riding whatever it is that they make, right? Mm -hmm. um, and almost kind of you know, acting out. I mean, I, I think there's kind of been a rebellious side of motorcycling as long as it's been around, but, um, I don't know. There's the, 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 the scene seems very similar to like things are dangerous 70s. again. Yeah. Things are like, you know, there's a lot of emotion tied to things and like statements can be made by just being on a motorcycle more so than I think fucking five years ago. Yeah. Yeah, you know, for like sure. it means more, uh, and people, you know, want to express themselves, and you know, maybe that's like a subtle way too. Yeah. Uh, or, or you know, you do get some of like the millennials, you know, that can't afford to go buy a brand new Sportster, even right, and so yeah. they're buying a eight hundred dollar, you know, three eight hundred dollar bikes. And piecing uh, one bike together from those three hundred dollar bikes, and learning to wrench and learning to paint, and then making it their own. Yeah, it's cool. Fuck yeah, that's cool. It's cool to see it. Yeah, I don't see a bunch of millennials doing that, but I see some. Yeah, I just wouldn't say I see a bunch. Yeah, there's some though. There's yeah. they're they're starting to do it. I see millennials fucking riding around electric scooters on their cell phones <laughs> through fucking cities. <laughs> you're just uh, not in the right spots man. i guess not no there are i just i guess i just don't think of them as millennials when i hear millennials yeah. you know they don't the, the 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 people that are doing that don't fall into that category even if they are in the age group in my yeah. mind yeah well uh i appreciate what you're doing thanks for reaching out yeah uh, i'm glad i came out i hope that you guys got everything that you wanted as far as visually, and if not, we'll go do it tomorrow. I say yeah. we really, we you know, we just hit some ground. We kept it pretty tame today. Yeah. We need to get into some shit tomorrow, dude. Yeah. I mean, I did do a water crossing today that only Zach saw, and it was pretty funny. A little sketchy. It, well, it was, you know, they're never as they seem. But, uh, man, I do appreciate this. You and, uh, you know, so I have a little keep something. pushing forward. You, you yeah. what? So finish up. So I'm I was just say, yeah. keep pushing forward with this adventure market. Like keep riding these bikes, you know, get your tech guys good at working on them because I have a feeling one day I'm going to be up here and I'm going to be, I'm going to break some shit. 
you know, I'm going to need you guys to help me out. Absolutely. You know, like, this time we got lucky. It was just an oil change and a computer flash. Like, yep. I have a feeling that that's not just going to be it in the future. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. No, we've definitely invested in it and uh, believe in the category and we're getting out and using them ourselves. I so. hope that other dealers around the nation see what you're doing. And I, and I think that a lot of them are seeing that they didn't invest enough early on into the idea yeah. of this working the way it has. Yeah. So I think there, there's a lot of them trying to figure out what they can do now that shit they can't even get their hands on them, you know, or yeah. like, uh, you know, they're realizing that this is going to work. And, uh, you know, I'm stoked about where this goes. I never thought that I would want a brand new Harley Davidson. And now I got one and I'm fucking stoked. So that's awesome. Well, we, we appreciate you coming out and riding in this part of the country with us too. So, and I have a little something for you. I know, I know we're in Wyoming tonight, mm -hmm. but we came through Eastern Idaho. We did. Id Idaho is potato country. I'm going to have one of the guys grab you a, a little bag that I got here. Oh yeah. <laughs> did you get me a bag of fucking potatoes, dude? No, no, no. <laughs> better. It oh, is better shit. than that. Okay. <laughs> but we might need a flashlight at this point. <laughs> I got um, a light, dude. There is a potato museum. Okay. Just south of Idaho Falls in Blackfoot, Idaho, which is uh, where my grandmother grew up. My great grandfather uh, built a home, and uh, it still stands not too far from this place. But I got you. It's in a potato, a potato bag there. Okay, I see and that. I, we were trying to. And there's a two shirts in here, but it's because I didn't know what size you were. <laughs> but they're the same. But you got to pull each item out there. I'll hold that light if you want. No, I or got get this. Mine. I got this. I got to pull each item out here. All right. The one size they didn't have was extra large, so I got you, oh, you a got large a or a potato on a fucking bike. Yeah, Born yeah. to be bad. No, no, no. Look, when potatoes go bad. When potatoes go bad, dude. Come on. What does that say right there? Born to be bad. Come on. <laughs> That's from the museum. That is from the museum. That's awesome. Oh, dude, fucking snacks. A, a spud in I a, know, spuds. <laughs> so, is that just a potato? It's a candy bar. Oh, it's a candy bar? Yep. Sick. Oh, my gosh. This is hilarious. More spuds. What do we got here? Yeah. Oh, you got me soap, dude? What are you trying no, to no, say? No, no, no. Look at what it is. Potato lotion? <laughs> potato lotion. A deck of cards. Potato. Do you see what it says on there? Oh, my gosh. Famous for potatoes, Idaho. <laughs> you guys take these potatoes fucking serious, dude. A fucking potato gun? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. My kids are going to love that. A potato, potato recipes? Dude, so one of, one of my fucking favorite people on the planet, I don't see him anymore, was a boss I had. He moved to Wyoming. Well, ate potatoes for a year, dude, so he could save money to buy a water truck and start his own business. There you go. Darth Tater, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's hilarious. Blackfoot, Idaho, King Spud. Is that where the best potatoes come from, is Blackfoot? Yeah, lots of potato farms there. Oh, my gosh. Did you know I came on a fucking motorcycle, dude? There's a lot of stuff. 
We gotta eat some snacks tonight. We gotta eat some snacks tonight. Sure, some Idaho spuds. I am gonna have an Idaho spud tonight, dude. Sick, dude. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate this. You bet. All right, well, let's cook up some food, dude. Let's do it. I didn't know there was such a thing as potato lotion. Now that was an intro. I'm fucking jazzed. I haven't even had any copy, copy, coffee, and I'm jazzed up. Dude, it's probably because where I'm at right now, dude. What's cool is seeing, like, the fucking gaslit candle lights on the fucking sides of these badass buildings. Dude, this, I fucking love this area. And every time I come, it's so fucking quick. Thank you, Mariah, for letting me crash with the rest of your dogs at your house. Um, I cannot wait to come down here to New Orleans and spend more time. I'm so glad that they didn't get, you know, hammered any worse than they did. Uh, they've got power now. It's pretty, pretty fucking righteous. Uh, it's cool to see this coffee shop is open. Go to mcshoptees.com and sign up for your monthly t-shirt subscription. Dude, trust me, you're not going to want to miss what's coming out, dude. We got a t-shirt coming out, and it says, Choppers built from genuine stolen parts. I couldn't, the artist put that on the shirt, and I was like, well, I mean, that's fucking rad, but I don't know if this shop's going to be okay with it. And old, old fucking Dirty Dick was like, fuck yeah. So that's rad as fuck. I can't wait to send that one out. That's... You just got to get signed up. I'm not going to tell you when that's coming. I already told you too much. Go to mcshoptees.com and sign up now. We got a wizard on a chopper on this month's t-shirt. Fuck. It's sick. It's real fucking sick. All right. This truck might be the, this might be the end of my parking here. Nope. Oh, another fucking trash truck. Dude, I keep getting lucky. All right. DangerDanceTalkShop.com. Go to the Patreon link. Sign up, dude. Five bucks a month. You're going to win it. You got a chance at winning a Chemical Candy Customs Tank, a fucking shovel head built by B&B, and a $100 lowbrow customs gift card. Now, on my Patreon, they've got it all fucked up. I had to delete a bunch of shit. They said that I can't reference any kind of giveaway. So it doesn't, there's no giveaway talk on there. Just literally sign up for the $5 teal or more, whatever you want, dude. I've got a bunch of people supporting me more than that uh, through Patreon, like my boy Thomas at One Feather Press. Fucking thank you, Thomas. You are the man, and uh, you can do the same, so go check it out. DangerDanceTalkShop.com. Thank you. <laughs>